With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More connection to get an understanding about what's going on. That's great. <clears throat> but Recorded, uh, recorded. Uh, I think the more important thing is if you, if you have liquid assets or retirement-oriented assets, particularly if you're over 55 years old, you really need to look at gold and silver because you just do. And uh, but my contact information... It's Rob R-O-B at rmeadvisors.com. The RME is for Rocky Mountain Educational Advisors. So Rob at rmeadvisors.com. Can text or be reached at 303-472-0531. That comes direct to me uh, on my cell phone. But uh, for email, and we get back as quickly as we can. And uh, I don't want to overemphasize I love people. You got a really smart audience, Melody, that listens to you now. And you know, guys, you got to look into this stuff. And I just, you can look into every research that I do, and you can email me, and I'll show you the links that I go to. And but you don't have a lot of time. You just don't. Well, we don't have any. Buy their gold from Rob. I'm sorry. Who should they buy their gold from? Well, if you to trust anybody, call Melody. All right, she—I've known her for years, and I got to know her through Bob Chapman. And uh, if, particularly if there's a super rush on things, I've found so many things out of the line in pricing with other dealers over the years and that. But uh, that's why I should give Melody a call at Discount Gold and Silver, and uh, and she'll talk with you and help you develop uh, a decent strategy for your income level and your net worth and. Uh, and your preservation level, but uh, and she's always there to exchange back as well. So, absolutely, thank you, Rob. Okay, hope folks, to hope to have you on again time. soon. We're out of time. We've got to thank all of you for listening. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, of the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and Rob West. Bye bye. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Wednesday, May 13th, 2015. And I'm pleased to announce that we have Greg Hunter joining us from the USAWatchdog.com. He will be joining us here in just a few minutes. And we always enjoy the hour he spends with us each month. And uh, we know how busy his schedule is. So let's get started right away. Let's take a look at the markets. Interesting day in the markets today. Just to recap some of the uh, some of the items that were going on. You had the dollar sink to the lowest level in three months. Earlier in the day, the dollar index had was down 0.9% at 93.65. Uh, currently, we're looking at 93.72. You had the price of gold hit its highest mark since early April, and at uh, $1,220, uh, we're currently and we'll be going over the the gold and silver numbers here in just a few seconds. Uh, U.S. retail sales figures uh, they were not as everyone had anticipated. You had uh, shoppers had kept their spending in check for April. Uh, there was modest growth over the past year. And uh, they've been keeping their spending in check now for four out of five months. And the only reason March was probably higher was Easter. And uh, so certainly retail sales for last month were unchanged after rising 1.1% in March. Not a lot of action in the uh, stock market after those numbers, but uh, gold certainly did take off. And I think the world bond markets, I think this is a major reason why gold is higher today. Their market stabilized uh, after their uh, many of these countries, uh, European uh, bond markets had a recent sell-off in prices. And uh, so it's made these markets a little jittery. And, of course, this could be something of a start And uh, I believe we're going to be talking about uh, this here with Greg Hunter in just a little bit. So a lot of interesting things going on. And gold today was up currently in the New York spot, up 22 at 1,216. We have silver up 0.60 at 1719. Platinum was up 17 at 1153 with palladium up 2 at $790. And as I mentioned, the the USDX 93.72 crude oil was up higher in the day. Uh, It had a little bit of a reversal, 0.51 to the downside at 60.25. And the paper markets today, uh, just off briefly uh, seven points, or just just a small 7.81. 18,060. The NASDAQ was up 5, 49.81. The S&P down basically unchanged at 2098. We talked about the 10-year yield, 2.28%. And uh, the euro is 1.13. That was up big. Of course, we'd expect that with the big pressure that we saw on the dollar today. European markets were down. Germany was down over uh, 1%. uh, it was pretty much of a mixed bag in the European and Asian markets overnight, but certainly Germany took a hit. And uh, there's been multiple reports, uh, you know, Hol- uh, Holland, France seems to be doing better, but I do know they're out there making all types of uh, uh, agreements and trade agreements, or not agreements, but uh, you know, trying to do some business with the Chinese. And uh, so that certainly has helped their economy a little bit. And... Um, 
Um, so, um, you know, but then there was new reports coming out that the that the eurozone is not going to do so good. So again, Al, we have all those conflicting reports and information, and uh, you know, it's just to confuse everyone. But uh, certainly, the ten-year U.S. Treasury yield that took a spike up today, as I had mentioned, it's the highest level since late November. Which and, uh, means what? Tell people what that means exactly. The number's taken a spike upward. How does that reflect the value? Of the treasuries. Down, down, down. It's magic. Mm -hmm. So certainly they lose value. And uh, certainly this is also an indication of inflation might be creeping back into, uh, which I personally had never really left. Uh, Just a matter of, uh, you know, what... uh, you know which government agency you, you talk to, and uh, but certainly uh, for the most folks out there purchasing their needs for life, prices continue to rise. So um, we had on February second we had an intraday low of 1.65, so quite a bit of a turnaround, and uh, we'll have to see if um, these markets can push that yield up higher. And um, is this the big sign of the markets? Unwinding is are these is the bond markets here and around the world signs that uh, the end is the near. end is near <laughs> and then there were none huh? and what we mean by that is the kind of nuns you see in the in the Catholic churches because people are going to get religion uh, when we get done with this and then there were none well they better get religion first and then they better get their gold I agree. Um, you Perfect know, if, timing. Yes, Greg Hunter is now on the line with us. Perfect timing. Well, let's start. Hey, let's, how you doing? This is Greg How's Hunter. How's it going, you guys? Watchdog. We're fine. This is Greg Hunter from usawatchdog.com. usawatchdog.com. You can catch Greg's interviews on YouTube and also at his website, usawatchdog.com. He interviews some of the most intelligent and insightful people in the world. And he recently interviewed Egon von Greyerts. He is the founder of Matterhorn Asset Management, located in Switzerland. And Mr. Greyerts has been involved in financial dealings for, I don't know, you can, you can add in the years, but I wouldn't be surprised, at least 40 years. It might be more than that. Is that, a rough, is that, is that roughly correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, um, he was in finance and banking. He was a banker, actually, by by trade uh, a long time ago, but he's had Matterhorn Asset Management for a long time. He, he sells gold and silver at a website called um, Gold Switzerland, but I don't want to cut into your action because you guys are lovely, and you don't bring me any shame on our site, and, and, I, and I love you guys, and I haven't had a single bad comment since you've been on. So I don't know how I'm plugging you, but I'm just – Reporting to people that um, it took me a long <laughs> you can time to find people. Want yeah, to. please do, Greg. Yeah, well, please. it took me a long. It, let me we you, won't, we won't people, terminate the interview. You understand? I've had a lot of people wanting to buy my site, and I've had a lot of people I've said no to. And the reason why is because I don't want people calling me up going, hey, man, I didn't get my stuff, or hey, that so-and-so is involved in a crime or a crook, or he's ripping people off, or they're ripping people. I don't have not a peep, nothing. No, I mean, yeah, I know you sell gold and silver. For you got to make a profit. You can't keep playing the lights and and paying your property taxes and and living and eating and you know you got to. But you but but it seems to me you're doing something right. I haven't had a single bad comment um, from you. Not a single one. 
I did have a fr- old friend of mine who ran a plumbing company and said when I was doing investigative work at a local TV station, and uh, you know, I told my friends, listen, if you're ripping people off, we're not going to be friends because they're not going to overlook it. And uh, I got a call one day from some guy saying, hey, you know, this guy, let's just call it John's, uh, you know, John's plumbing, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he says 24-hour service, but I called him up when I got off my second shift job at midnight, and they said, well, they'll come out, but, uh, you know, they'll charge me like three times the rate. I said, are you, are you crazy? Are you retarded? <laughs> I said, you know, you, that's for emergency. If something breaks in the middle of the night, you can call them, and they'll come over and, and you know, not to do regular plumbing at normal prices at 2 a.m. I told my friend that was funny, you but know, you guys, I don't even have to do. Sometimes those that do complain, you know, it's you know, it's very difficult to please all the people. You know, 99 percent. Uh, you know, there's always that one who, you know, you could. Uh, but uh, certainly, we work very hard, Greg, to keep our reputation uh, stellar above all the rest. And uh, so you know, you I've given just. Well, I've been, I've been given damn, I've given damn few um, people, you know, and when I was at networks and whatever, would you give me a reference, uh, you know? And I, I would say to them, I will, but you better not shame me. Look at me, look at me in the eye. You better not shame me. I better not get a call saying, "Hey, who's this Nimrod that you uh, told us to hire?" I won't. Oh no, 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 I won't. Actually, somebody reverberated that to me who's in broadcasting to this day, and said, "Yeah, you told me that." And I thought, "Oh, out there, <laughs> yeah, right. Don't shame me. You know, I don't want to stick my reputation out there and then have you, you know, shame me. Absolutely. And you guys have never shamed me." Well, that's no. that's part of that's part of business for everyone. Right. Well, that, uh, okay, that's uh, that, that was something that yeah. was not example, really planned. But I, would I imagine his reputation is important to him, and he seems to be well respected. I see him being interviewed by on a regular basis. He's on King World News and I don't know how many places, but he shows up on a regular basis on, on the Internet, and I don't see anything negative about him. I don't, he seems no, 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 be, he's a real uh, guy. Uh, I will tell you that uh, his interview on YouTube only has 1,200 views, but it's, I think YouTube is throttling that traffic because he's gotten 60,000 views. I've had 353 uh, thumbs up to six thumbs down. There's 85 comments. There's no way that this number is right, but usually YouTube, if you go on there and look at it, usually YouTube is throttles the traffic, at least for the first day. You don't know what the real traffic is until the second day. And you're talking here's about why the traffic I on your interview of Von Greyers. That's right. And it's way more than, than, than what the YouTube is showing at the moment. Tomorrow will probably show a real number. But i got to tell you, I wanted to come on today. And I, the reason why is is because I thought this was – and I have a lot of smart people who are best-selling authors, who are managing multi-million, billions of dollars. Uh, I have no idea what's in his vault, but I bet you it's in the billion range, billions range, uh, Von Grayers. And uh, I thought this was one of the best, most telling road, uh, you know, signpost interviews I've done. And that's a saying a lot, and I'll tell you why. Because... Uh, you know, the, the title I picked is, and this is from a guy that was a former banker. Uh, he is a, uh, you know, a smart guy. He talks to rich people. He's got people that are putting their money in gold uh, in secret vaults and at least two different continents that are secret. And it, it unprecedented, unpre- risk unprecedented. I, 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 we started talking about what was so unprecedented about the risk, and people are not grasping. He's talking about a global basis. He's not just talking about risk is unprecedented in one country or another. He's speaking globally, isn't that true? Oh, and historically. 
And yeah. when you start looking at the math, which is stupefying, uh, and I started asking him about, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, people like think they want to buy for inflation reasons, and I, I'm with Martin Armstrong on that. It won't be inflation reasons. People aren't going to flock to gold for inflation reasons, and I'll tell you why. People are going to flock to gold when they find out there's no other collateral. And we've been told, I've, been, I've said this on your show, but I'll say it again, and I said it with Von Grayers. I said, you know, we've been told that debt is money, Federal Reserve, note, note, promissory, note, you know, financial instrument, note, Federal Reserve, note, and debt is an asset, bonds. Okay? We're going to find out neither is true. Now, not even, not even, it's not just a question not being true. It's irrational to the point of a kind of madness. It this was rational totally 20 years ago. No, no, this when is people, crazy. And when you take a look at that, you were talking about having a little thing about, uh, you know, why bonds, the prices go down. Well, and I want to give people a little primer on this. And I'm going to give it so, so a, a normal person can understand it, because it took me a long time to understand it. I'm just a normal person. I'm not that, all that smart. But let's say you have a, a 4% bond, and, and rates go down. And you pay par, you know, with par, $100. So say $100 for this bond, that's par. So you make 4% you of your bond, $100 for five years. The bond is $100, and you're that's paying right. $100. Is that correct? That's right. You pay, and you're getting 4% back, so eventually you'll get, you know, $100 plus your compounded interest. Okay, but yep. and that's great. Interest rates are being going down because then next year I can, you know, I, I can I can only buy a three percent bond, or and now I can only buy a two point two five percent ten year treasury bond as rates go down. So so you you that's a great deal, man. You you holding your four percent bonds two three years in the future and rates are now two point two percent and what fantastic. Okay, and bonds go up in value when rates go down because you can't buy that bond. But the opposite happens. I'll focus on this. So if you got a 4% bond and rates go up to 5% you know, and you try to sell your bond to hold to maturity, and there's where inflation does come in on this particular point, you try to sell that bond and uh, you, the, the person buying it says, yeah, listen, I can get a 5% bond for $100 right now and you've got a 4% bond and I don't want to give you $100. So it's worth you know, $89. It's worth $80. It's worth $75. Now think about that's an asset. And you're loaning against that collateral. I'm going to get back to gold in just a minute. And rates go from, you know, uh, I'm just using four to five. It's really two to three or 2.25, 10 year to 3.3 or whatever. Guess what happens to your asset? It declines in value. And if you leverage that asset 10 times, 20 times, 50 times, you'll need a very big move to destroy the collateral. People and when you're talking that, about that leveraging, a... in part you're saying, look, I can take my bond and deposit it in the bank, at least this, uh, is, this may be what you're talking about, and the bank can use it as collateral to lend multiple times. Under fractional reserve banking, in theory, they can lend out multiple times the value of that bond. And as long as that collateral mm -hmm. stays constant, no problem. But let me tell you, that whole bond and the 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 the, the, debt, the debt leverage is at least, uh, you know, according to the Bank of International Settlements, just the derivatives is, are a, a quadrillion. That's a thousand trillion. It's the official number, a thousand trillion. God, it's a thousand trillion. A trillion is a thousand billion. And then there's a there's a, a hundred trillion, and if you add up all the the debt, it's a hundred 
trillion in debt. There's no way we're never paying that back. And rates are rising. You were just talking about the ten-year, you know, rising. I just read a thing in the USA Today about all the good reasons why rates going up is a good thing. Oh, not if you, not if your leverage eighty percent of that, uh, you know, quadrillion is in interest rate derivatives. And so the, this is the the problem is going to be back to gold now. So the problem with all this debt is that we've been said it's an asset. Well, not if that asset gets crushed. Not that asset loses massive amounts of value, value so much value that the bank becomes insolvent, that the what you're holding is now worth way less than all the money that that you owe out on it. And what so I think what's going to happen in this is what Von Grayers was talking about. Is, you know when when people realize <clears throat> collateral's no good. This is what happened in the what, the credit squeeze back in way back when you know in 2008. Nobody trusted the collateral, and when that goes. Boy, howdy. Those bonds are going to get, I mean, every, there's going to be so much insolvency, they won't be able to, that's what, he, that's what he was talking about, the YouTube title is the world won't be able to cope with the uh, the leverage and the insult. They, they won't be able to cope. It, they, there'll, there'll be no amount of money. You can, we've already printed all, tons of money. We've already maxed out all the platinum cards in the global economic uh, economy. We've already, we've already transferred the debt from, you know, and increased the debt and gave it over to the sovereign nations, and there'll be countries going bankrupt instead of just businesses, just banks. And what, that's going to be the aha moment, and you moment. are not going to be questions. able to protect yourself. You know. you Hang on for a second, Greg. We're going to take a break okay. for some commercials, and I will give you a question before we go. When we come back, you can, you can try to answer this. Von Grayers is predicting we're going to see big trouble when the people see that the bonds can't be paid and are effectively worthless. That means are we going to be able to avoid that no trouble good. until the people figure it out, or will that trouble occur because the banks finally have to admit it, and they say, look, this stuff is paper, this is trash, we've got to get rid of it. Who's going to trigger this thing, the banks or the people? And you can answer that question when we return on Financial Survival in just a moment. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedars from our guest, Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Please stay tuned. the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, You can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3Ws.ThePowerHerbs.com.
Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Greg has achieved great mm-hmm. success at hosting some of the best interviews you'll see on, on YouTube and also, of course, on his own website at USAWatchdog.com. Recently, he talked to Egon von Greertz, who is a uh, founder of Matterhorn Assets in Switzerland, Talking about the economies and when the, the 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 global economy, at least in part, and when we can expect to see a significant change in bonds. And when we left for to take our commercial break, we'd ask Greg who, when Mr. Von Ayers, Von Greertz is predicting that when the people figure out that the bonds can't be paid, there's going to be a dramatic change. And my question is, will we have to wait for the people to figure this out, rank and file, Joe Sixpack, or will it be enough when the banks finally have to admit they can't continue to play the game? Will the banks be the trigger that say these banks are that say these bonds are worthless and start the stampede? Bond traders. The bankers are gonna know this mm-hmm. and by the time the rank and file knows this. It's going to be too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, thank you for the nice plug. We had 10 million video views just last year alone in 2014. 10 million. So content is king. I don't care where it is on the internet, on a TV station, on a network. Content's mm-hmm. king, and not uh, you know the daily share and the stupid. Uh, hey, look at this dog getting delivered with a you know uh, a drone. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just stupid. And it was adopted I mean, you know, hey, by a ball had two pounds less air in it. Uh, just stupid. <laughs> I mean, and let me, so, so oh, let's talk about, I mean, what people want to know are the warning signs, and who knows when this, let me tell you, nobody's going to come out and blow a trumpet. Nobody's going to do that. You're going to wake up one morning, and it's going to be over. Yep. 
All right, so you're going to go to bed on a, on a Friday night. On a Sunday night, a president's going to come on and say, hey, the banks aren't going to open tomorrow, but don't worry. That's over. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, um, let's look no further than Moody's cutting the Chicago bond rating to junk. People talk about printing money. You know what? That's really not the proper term. It takes money to pay off the bonds, yes. But we really printed bonds, and a lot of them. And look at what's going on with the, uh, you know, Chicago bond rating cut to junk by Moody's. This is their pension system. Hey, they're broke. And now they just had a court ruling where you can't change. You can't try to, you know, you can't uh, not pay them. Well, then they're not going to be able to pass anything to taxpayers because they're not going to be like, wow, why do we need to pay all these public union people? Uh, And I don't mean to sound anti-union because I'm actually not anti-union. I'm anti-public union. Because there's no profits there. There's just taxpayers. And look at this the Moody cutting the bond rating to drunk, junk. And, and then it was a, deci- a decision with the, uh, with the, in, a, in, in courts saying you can't uh, you know, try to stretch this out and cut their you know, pension. You can't do that. The courts are, which is so stupid because, well, where's that money going to come from being Chicago? Last I checked. Can't print uh, Federal Reserve notes. And that's a bond. And well, they are moving some of the Federal Reserve headquarters to Chicago. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe give them a little time, and maybe they'll be able to. I'm joking. Well, I know that they can't legally – the city can't do that. But uh, but it's like Ron Greyer said. You can't go out and buy fire insurance after the fire has started. After the fire – you know, once once the fire started, it's over. And people should be looking at you – know, In other words, if you don't buy what you need to protect yourself now before what may be a – Will be, not right? maybe. Will be. This is a math problem. You wait, it will if you're be. a minute late, it's too late. You're going to lose it all. This is a, listen, I've been doing this a long time. I don't sell gold. I know you guys do, but I'll say it for you. Um, this is not a maybe. This is a question of timing, and they have distorted the timing just like they have distorted the, the markets. This should have been gone in 2008. It would have been better if we had taken you know, the biggest banks to receivership, and all those heads should have been uh, you know, uh, basically fired with no golden parachutes, no money, no bailing out the banks. Their share should have been a dollar a share, and we'd have been on our way out of this by now, and the dollar would be you – know, gas would be you know, 80 cents a gallon. But they didn't do that. They basically imperiled the country to bail out the banks, and they're still doing so, and Congress is silent about it. You know, they'll fight tooth and nail over uh, $85 billion sequester, but yet, uh, you know, in, I think 2012, the banks got uh, almost a half a trillion dollars, not a peep. Uh, Rumsfeld, the day before 9-11 happened, you can Google the story, this isn't a phony story, came out and said, we lost $2 trillion. Somehow that wasn't a story anymore after 9-11 happened. That's a true fact. True fact, Donald Rumsfeld, then Secretary of Defense, came out and said, we lost $2 trillion. Really? You, lost, you, you couldn't even find $500 billion? How about $85 billion? We're not to have the sequester. You anyway, know, when they say, that, that they, how can you lose $2 trillion? They've distorted this into uh, unbelievable. This is why a lot of smart people thought that this was going to go up a long time ago. It's because a lot of smart people, as a reporter, I'm going to tell you what I think, and that is a lot of smart people had no idea the criminality uh, and what lengths they would go to from manipulation of LIBOR, which incidentally uh, the Justice Department has said, oh, we're not going to prosecute City uh, for LIBOR, which is trillions of dollars in, in uh, hundreds of trillions of dollars in interest rates set off the London Interbank offered rate LIBOR. Uh, you know, uh, they've laundered money for drug cartels. They've laundered money for uh, countries on the terror list. They've uh, 
the robo signing, which was fraud and perjury, and which was forgery and perjury and fraud on the court. And listen, this is all the things that they are doing to keep the game going and prop up the system. And not a single big banker, not a single one, has been has gone to jail, let alone prosecuted. But the rubber is getting is starting to hit the road, and I smell burning rubber, and there ain't no way to break before it. At some point, they go right over the cliff, and uh, one of the canaries in the coal mine, junk, uh, Chicago's uh, uh, bond rating cut to junk. That means, listen, if you're at junk, uh, the chances of you getting paid uh, anything r- resembling 100 cents on the dollar is you'd be lucky to get 10 cents on the dollar. You'd be lucky to get paid anything, a penny on the dollar. And and multiply and when that you around say the world. You, when you say you would be lucky to get ten cents, a penny on the dollar on junk bonds, are you talking about the city well, of Chicago, or are you talking about their pension funds? The, the pension funds. They're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to fund their pension funds. They're going to be these public unions are going to be rioting in the street. And this is why. It's, I have a different view of the whole Jade Helm thing and the whole government. The government is freaking out. They're going to at some point. They're going to say, "Yeah, you know all that retirement money you had. Well, we're not going to let the USS Kitty Hawk float up and down like a you know a cork. I don't think Kitty Hawk is still commissioned. I think the USS Ronald Reagan. We're not going to let them float up and down uh, like a cork in the Arabian Sea. Sorry, we need your money. You're going to be in the Treasury market. Oh, oh, all that pension money that we owe you. Yeah, no, we can't pay you. Or we'll pay you, but, you know, a gallon of gas is $17, and a loaf of bread is twenty two fifty. So here's your money. Here's your face. People don't understand. I have a friend of mine who work, is a smart person, works for CBS as a, uh, as a producer. Smart, very smart. And I just want to get my retirement. I said, hey, wait a minute. Do you think you're going to get your retirement? If the country's insolvent, you think you'd get to go live somewhere nice and safe and dry and protected, and the whole country's going to go fall to absolutely caca, and you're going to get your retirement? You are dreaming. You are dreaming. People have no idea how bad this is going to be, and I don't mean to sound like Chicken Little. I'm probably not making it out of that. The, the country is freaking out. They know what's coming. Don't think for one minute every single senator in this nation doesn't know what's coming. Now, there's a lot of people in the House that are dipwads and don't know diddly squat, but senators sure in the hell do. Yeah, yeah. They and, understand and the game is, probably the better than the president. This is going to end, and when it ends, it's going to end quickly and stupendously badly. And I don't mean just go out and buy gold and silver, which you should if you can. A lot of people should not. I have people call me and say, well, I only have $10,000. Should I go out and put it all in? No! Go buy water and food and put tires on your car. Buy a new battery. You know, I mean, get, get, get insulation in your house. And, you know, make sure you have, uh, you know, food stored. And maybe buy a few silver coins. But, you know, if you only have a few thousand, keep some cash. A lot of people shouldn't. But the people who should, should. As a store of wealth, a percentage. How much is in it? Look at And this is what Ben Greyers said. I mean, these are rich people. He said, these are people trying to play the market. These are, this is not a trade for them. I mean, these are people that are vaulting millions, if not billions, of dollars in gold. He won't say what because it's private. But listen, in order to have you know secret vaults in two or three continents, uh, which are heavily guarded and heavily secret, and have land around them, and all, they, they, this ain't this somebody that you know. Uh, hey, I have a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm going to put it in your. No, that ain't. That, no, no, no. People need to do what the rich people are doing. 
and rich people are preparing, and they are not making a trade. This isn't if gold goes up to three hundred, you know, goes up to fifteen hundred dollars an ounce. I'll sell it. No, that's not what they're doing. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. People, some people are investing in gold because they see a problem coming. But do you think that there are significant and you're arguing that the investment in gold is absolutely, Von Greyerts and myself and Melody, we agree that the investment in gold is, by and large, the most intelligent thing you can do at this time. But insurance do you think policy. Some, I agree. Insurance policy, preservation of wealth. But do you think that some people who are wealthy are saying, I'm, I see a problem coming. They agree with us there's a problem coming. But instead of investing in gold, are they investing in bonds? Uh, you'd have to be an absolute uh, idiot to be investing in bonds at the bottom of the interest rate curve. I mean, Bill Gross, who used to be at Pemco, he's at Janice now, and says this is the this is the the play of a lifetime because he knows we're at the bottom of the interest rate curve. They've got nowhere to go but up. They're going to revalue the value of money. They're going to revalue it. it, it you know, right now, money is zero. It's worth nothing, and they're suppressing the gold market. And, don't, and this is not a conspiracy theory. There's a lot of uh, information out there. There's a lot of people who have taken this thing apart and looked at the charts and looked at the action. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's been the, the, the uh, head of the uh, German uh, financial thing a year ago said so this is worse than the LIBOR scandal, the manipulation in the gold market. Yep. And, uh, and China's buying all this gold. But it, it, no, I do not think now, – now, there are some people that are going to be short-term parking money in the bond market, and here's why. Because if you got a, uh, a billion dollars, you can't put it on deposit at Wells Fargo and have $250,000 of insurance, okay? So it's a full safety credit of the, of the United States government in the bond market, but there is going to be – it doesn't need a big number of people, rich people, and it won't be little people. It will be rich people. A stampeding into or fairly wealthy people stampeding into the gold market. I mean, it's just a two, three, four percent of of the printed money that's out there. If it starts trying to find, oh, uh, look at the painting, the Picasso painting that's just sold for what, 176 million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's where the money goes. Yeah, this, this is yeah. a piece of canvas with some paint yeah. on it. Yeah. And so why it why is that? going so high. This is my gut feeling. It's because well, this is why I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if some wealthy people are investing in bonds. Having wealth well, is some not people may, having smarts. Some people, people may be investing in bonds short term to put their money but, there, but I, this is why the housing market, why rich, well, look at all the houses. You know, look at those you know, multi-million dollar houses you're selling at a premium. Yep. Why? Yep. Because people are looking for any dang place. They know they're going to lose, but they won't lose it all. They'll still have a house. Yep. You know, that artwork, it may go down in value, but they'll still have a Picasso. Do uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, they can still have a wood a wood frame that they can burn in their stove in the wintertime to keep well, warm. Well, yes, and I and I and this is why I, I uh, you know I called up and said I really I'd like to be on because I got something to say. And this thing with Van Grier is just just a couple of things just clicked. And he's a smart guy, but when you talk about the collateral, people don't understand. If you have you know this interest rate derivatives, uh, which are in the hundreds of trillions of dollars. You know, there's a, a there's a quadrillion. That's a thousand trillion. That's At just least. the derivatives. And then you look at the, the uh, bonds, which we haven't printed money. Think, think we've printed bonds. They have to be paid in money. 
The collateral, this is going to be a collateral problem. This is going to be an inflation problem. By the time inflation hits, it's, you're toast. Anything that worth anything is going to be gone. Anything that, that you could even put your hands on is going to be at such a premium, it's going to be gone. The manipulation, when it ends, it's very, when it ends, the bankers are going to manipulate it the other way. They're going to manipulate it up. China is going to manipulate this maximum up. They're going to send it to the moon. Question is, and you mean they're going to end. send the price of gold? They're going to send the price of gold yes. to and the moon. And along silver is going to be the you know the one-eyed uh, crazy uh, peyote uh, uh, you know popping uh, you know tequila drinking uh, cousin of gold along with it. And because uh, silver is much more volatile, uh, so uh, you know what I'm saying is that that this isn't a maybe. This is not yeah. a maybe. This is not. We know this. Going to happen. Uh, what, we, what is it that we don't know, Greg? We don't know. When. Here's what we don't know. What in the hell are they doing behind the scenes? I mean, when you listen, I have uh, Jim Rickards on. I had him on a few months ago, and he talks about what we did to prop up Europe. Europe. He says tens of trillions of dollars went to Europe. Did you hear about that in the news? Did anybody report no. that tens of trillions of dollars 16, went to Europe? I thought. Yeah. Huh? I, I heard it, but it was not something. It, it wasn't oh, as popular as what has uh, Miley Cyrus done at the last concert. But that, I, listen, I cover this, you know, this, the machination of this. That's what he said, and he's an insider. And nobody ever said, oh, we gave uh, Europe $50 trillion. No, nobody said that. Nobody said that. We never, that was never reported. That was what Rickard says, who I believe, incidentally. And I'm telling you, when this ends, this is going to end so so spectacularly and so quickly and so badly, it's not a maybe. It is not a maybe. It is a win. And they've been able yep. to stretch this out, and, dist- and, and in doing so, so they distort the timing, and they distort uh, the, the, uh, the uh, market to the poor, to the bad. And it's like, uh, you know, I, one of the people I interview all the time is uh, Greg Manorino, who's a smart guy who's right a lot. And he says, you know, we had a terminal case in 2008. I mean, hey, it died. We're just, we just put it on the respirator. Now, we didn't do anything to fix it. We didn't do anything to repair the patient. We didn't have any bankruptcies. We didn't have any debt clear out. We added to the debt. We kept shooting it up with, uh, you know, morphine. We kept shooting up the patient with morphine. So we have a zombie economy in a sense that's kind yes. of come back to life, but in the end its intent, its intent is to consume either our brains or whatever real wealth we still have. Let's take a break for some commercial okay. announcements. I'm Alfred Adisk with Melody Cedars from Financial Survival, and our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. 
Easy to use and portable in a one pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll free 866 229 3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Folks, I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom, Financial Survival. Our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Mr. Von Greyerts, when you interviewed him most recently, he he had a general prediction, and he's not the only one. In terms of timing, he is worried that this fall we're going to see some sort of a dramatic change. He wasn't he didn't specify, but he's not the only one on the horizon and probably not the only one you've talked to that are anticipating a serious problem September, October, November in that neighborhood this year. Is that yes. correct? Do you believe it? Do you yes. think can you hear me okay because you broke up a little bit. Can you hear me okay? Yes we can. I okay. Uh, the people that I I keep hearing from and you know people thought this again a lot of smart people, I mean, best-selling authors, multi-millionaires, billionaires, billionaire money managers, these kind of people, a lot of people thought this was going to blow up in 14, and it didn't. Now, I did get some people that got it right. One of them was Catherine Austin Fitz. Another one was Nomi Prince. The girls got it right. Uh, smart, Whether they're female or male, right. <laughs> both those people are very smart, uh, no matter what. You know, they're just really smart. But both of those people also, you know, now they, they are still hedging against a complete collapse because we have a big economy. However, uh, even Catherine Austin Fitz, yes, we could have a hiccup. We could have, and, and you know, that's the whole term black swan meets. We're really, 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 you know, weak in terms of economic. We, we can't take a big hit. And look what's going on over in the South China Sea. China making all these islands and the U.S. sending their navy over there, and they're just claiming the territory that is a couple thousand miles, a thousand miles away from their coastline. I mean, they're just claiming the South China, China Sea as we're just going to take it. And, you know, the countries around there can't stop China. The only person that can stop, the only people that can stop China is the U.S. And I don't know, do we have a war? Uh, do we have a war to cover up the big humongous collapse? Is it going to be another winner-take-all? Do we nuke somebody? I don't know. I don't know how crazy. We've never been here ever 
Never. You, you don't even compare it to the Great Depression. It's, any comparison to the Great Depression is, is uh, absolutely, it's like the, the difference uh, between a PhD and kindergarten. Uh, I think the dollar never lost. The dollar never lost have, value in the Great Depression ever. It gained value actually. It got revalued against gold, but the dollar was valuable. It was still backed by gold, and it's changed yeah, from that twenty dollars. That was the point. During the Great Depression, cash was king, but the cash was backed by gold oh. all the way up until nineteen thirty-three. And it was also backed by silver. Well, it still up was until backed by gold afterwards. It was just backed by thirty-five dollars an ounce. The cash that was king, in my opinion, was gold and silver. We were, it remains to be seen if paper dollars that aren't backed by anything will be king in the next Great Depression. I don't think king, and, and this is what I've been saying, and I got this. This is my, not my thought, but I, this is, uh, this is uh, I think, uh, Bob Moriarty, who runs 321 Gold, uh, said this, and he started, he started a piece, uh, you know, out, and he says, I'm, you know, 321 Gold, right? Or Gold 321, I can't remember what it is. But anyway, he said that, uh, um, that uh, I, I know a lot of people are going to be mad when I say this, but cash is going to work really good for a short amount of time. It'll yeah. be king for a very short amount of time. Is that three weeks? Is that three months? I can't see it being longer than six months, but cash is going to work well for a short amount of time. And uh, but this is listen the, the geopolitical risks, the stuff in the Middle East, the stuff with uh, they just had Cherry, uh, Harry, uh, Kerry, and uh, Putin shaking hands, and they're going to keep things, you know. But I, oh boy, I don't know if I trust any of that. We we just stopped. You mean that they can have, uh, you know? So the the thing in Ukraine is all done. It's all finished. I don't know. I don't think so. And what's happening in the South China Sea with China is another huge problem. And these guys are, 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 are you know, hold our debt. They want to kill us. You know, they could sell that trillion dollars. Boom. Your interest rates would skyrocket. The USA would be damn insolvent in a, over a weekend. I mean, the, the, the fragility of the economy. This is just China. The, 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 the fragility of the economy is, is for the U.S. economy is unprecedented. The risk is unprecedented. You, you, you know, when you buy, uh, you know, I tell people on my site, well, should I buy gold? Yes, only if you can hold that and hold it as an insurance policy. You buy car insurance, and at the end of six months, what happens? Uh, well, I've got to buy more insurance. Yes, that's right. The policy expires, and you have to buy another policy. When you're buying gold and or silver, you know, you, there's no expiration. There's your insurance, and you've got it, and it's in full force. And don't even think about the day-to-day -day fluctuations of the price, which, incidentally, uh, it was up big time today. I don't know what that is, but expected to get whacked, uh, you know, in the next couple of days. If they can whack it, at some point, they're going to stop whacking it. And they're going to stop whacking it when China starts controlling the price. I'm telling you, and there's going to be happened. some, there's gonna be some there? spectacular moves. Yeah. In order for China to control the price, China's going to have to pay a premium on physical gold. And well, they already have a ton of it, and they already have the Shanghai Exchange opening. I and know they so, do, but what I'm saying is they can't sell gold for the same price as is set up by the paper markets and COMEX, for example. Oh, no, no, God, no, it would be way higher. Physical gold for an extra 5 or $10 an ounce. If they do, they will attract physical gold to their markets. Uh, people will abandon comics, at least um, to some degree, and they'll separate. Keep that price five, ten dollars, maybe more higher than the paper gold. Oh, price. I think it's going to be more than five or ten dollars higher. Well, I it may it, be, but I'm just I'm just pulling a I number think, out of the hat. What I'm saying I think is, the LBMA, if, they sell, if they continue to sell gold for the same price as comics, comics is going to be able to buy gold at the price they set from China. 
Comex China becomes, or at least the Shanghai Gold Exchange, becomes a vault for Comex. Oh, we'll get some more. People are worried that Comex is going to run out of gold. They'll never run out of gold as long as Shanghai is, is selling gold at the same price as the paper gold uh, set by Comex. Um, well, but that's the whole point of them having the Shanghai Exchange. They don't want the West to price. They don't want the West to have their fraudulent pricing mechanisms. I agree. That's the whole point. I agree. Yeah. They want to that set is the that. whole point. And, I, you know, when does this happen? I don't know, but it is happening. If people say, when does it happen? It's happening. It, it At happening. Some, when, you, when, it, when, it, when the president comes on TV uh, and says the bank's not going to open tomorrow, it's already happened. It's oh. happening. I mean, the, here's a canary in the coma, the, the bonds being cut to junk. Can you imagine that, that the city of Chicago, people in the state of Illinois, which is already way under underfunded and, and solvent in, in one of the worst states in the union, and now one of their big cities also uh, insolvent? <laughs> That's a dead canary on the floor. It's a dumb. This is a state the size of... Of uh, of uh, let's just talk about the United States. This is a state the size of Illinois. That's one of the I don't know the fourth or fifth most popular state. California running out of water. California yeah. deeply in debt. You know they got uh, what I don't know when when uh, when Arnold was the governor said they were a half a trillion dollars uh, under fund. Now they're probably a trillion. I mean, we're talking big numbers here. Uh, what, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, California would come to the federal government. And say, well, you can't let us go under. We'll take the whole country down. Oh, Illinois is going to come to the to the to the when a state comes out, just a city. When a state comes and says, "Well, we our whole state can't go under. We'll take the whole country down." Oh, how about New York? It, 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 look what's going on with the oil market, which was a bright spot. Not anymore. Thank you, Saudi Arabia. Uh, you know, that, that's going to take years to get that back. Uh, we are very fragile, very fragile. And, uh, and this is what – and I want to come back to – I want to come back to the central theme. And the central theme that I got out of this interview – this is why I called you and said, you know, I, I want to be on because I want to be on when I want to talk about something. And I have something to talk about, and that's not always, you know, the case because I don't. Uh, but, uh, but with Ben Greyer's talking about unprecedented – risk. It's, he's talking about it in all of history and globally. I mean, the, the, the rich people, and I, I asked him about being a gold guy. He said, no, 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 no. He corrected me. It's off camera. He said, I'm not a gold guy. I hedge risk, and I can't find anything else to hedge the risk with. In, in other words, he's, he's, he's not saying that gold is the absolute solution for all things in all time. But he is saying right now it's the best you can do. In terms of if you want a really super liquid investment, now you could buy land and artwork and houses, and you could buy stuff like that, things. People like, oh, you know, one guy asked me about a trade with the SCR. Don't, 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 you're, you're missing this. If you're talking about a trade, you're going to get cute with a trade. You are missing the enormous risk that is out there. That's my uh, advice to anybody about about anything. And you listen, you know, even if you just buy food and water, and I know I sound like a reluctant prepper or whatever, but you know, listen, that's cheap insurance. Again, this is insurance. You know, the day that this thing falls out of bed and everybody starts running to the grocery store to buy whatever little crap's going to be left on it, we, we have we have something called, you know, this is the the brilliant marketing of, of America, which is just in uh, just in time supply. Hey, the computer, boop, barcode it, boop, and then the computer will order a new one. We don't keep anything in the back. We put everything out on the shelves, you know, time value right. of money, right? Well, hey, guess what? There's nothing in the back, folks. 
That's what you see in the front is what it is. What that means is there's 72 hours worth of food in any major city right now at the grocery stores. And 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 if anything happens to break the supply chain, there's nine meals, and all of a sudden people are going to start getting hungry and walk on the streets looking for something to eat or looking for someone who's got some food. And another thing, you know, the villainization of the cops. And, you know, I, I, I brought it up in my weekly news wrap-up last week saying it's not fair. I mean, the people who are responsible for this are the politicians and the bankers. And I'll tell you, do, do the police departments, do they, do they collect taxes? I mean, they write parking tickets. Do they collect taxes? Can they just go and just print their own money? Can they go and put uh, how much money? Well, we want that. We have a million. We want a $5 million budget. We'll just we'll make it so. No! No! No, they don't collect taxes. No, they don't appropriate money. No, they don't do financing. They carry guns. They enforce the law. Oh, we'll make the cops the villains. Let me tell you what buying food and water does. It keeps you off the street. The cops are going to come to people who are hunkered down in their house, staying off the street, but they have their hands full. They may not even have their hands full. They may be at home protecting their own families. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm telling you, this is going to be... This is going to be stupendous, and people are Tom Brady and three pounds in the ball. And did you know that next year was the last year for American Idol? And uh, are you stupid? Are you stupid? And the answer is yes. You know, they might have a point, though, about American Idol. If American Idol goes, the whole country is going to follow right behind. <laughs> maybe that's maybe, the time. The timing, the timing here may be consistent <laughs> with what we're talking about. Um, it could be those dancers. Maybe they know about, more about the economy than any of us imagine. Hard to say. But what we're going coming to is this. Egon von Greyer says there is unprecedented risk in the global economy at this time. It's not just confined to one place or another. And what Greg is telling us is that these problems we're facing are not just in banking or just in crude oil or just in some other relatively small arena. They are systemic in a system, in an economic system that is very nearly global. And when this thing finally goes, it's not going to be just one little aspect that isn't going to work properly. The whole thing is probably going to collapse. And the lesson here is that enormous risk, and that's what we're facing, requires enormous protection. All right? If you think, if you can see, if you agree with what we're talking about and agree that we may be on the verge of a catastrophe, then you've got to amp your thinking up in terms of how are we going to protect against that? If we're going to see an enormous magnitude of trouble, we're going to need an enormous magnitude of protection, at least for those of us who are smart enough to do that. We've got probably about two minutes left, Greg. What would you like to give a closing remark? I've said this for years. and In the past, I want to say two quick points. In the past, you've been rewarded for debt. I think it's how she can, and it'll go up in value. Well, let me tell you, that whole thing's going to flip. Anybody who has debt, instead of being rewarded, is going to be punished. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Equity is going to matter. Number two, Von Greyers is a guy that has a successful business, and his primary business is a secret, fortified, protected, uh, uh, guarded vaults for rich people. And he has enough rich people that he has a solvent, booming business. Think about that, folks. That's his saying that we have unprecedented risk. He doesn't talk to people like me every day who, who you know, doesn't have two nickels to rub together. He talks to people who are, oh, my God, what do I do with all these hundreds of millions or billions of dollars? 
Or I know, I'll get, uh, I'll buy some gold, and I'll get buy, buy numbered bars, good bars, and I'll uh, give it my friend Egon von Greyers, and he's going to vault it in a secret vault under guard. They think about that. He has a booming business. Some people are taking the threat very seriously, and they are not just preppers. They are people in positions to have good insight, maybe even inside knowledge as to what we can expect in the near future. They are reacting strongly, strong probability we should be doing the same to the limit of our ability. you got a few months. We have people predicting that this fall. Stuff may hit the fan. We have a few months to get ready. It may not be this fall, although it sure is looking. I agree. But what's the worst case scenario? You wind up with some extra food that you can eat and some extra gold that you can spend. It's not a bad thing to protect yourself with those kinds of assets at this time. But this time is out for us. Greg, I want to thank you for being on the program. As always, Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. I'm Alfred Addis. Here with Melody Cedarstrom. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer, and Greg Hunter. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 13th of May. Don't worry, it's not Friday. It's only Wednesday the 13th. It's 2015. It's about eight and a half minutes past 2 p.m. That's all true where you're at. We are, in fact, live, which means you can call in. That means you can participate in the show. All right, 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. The old numbers still work, so if you didn't get that, it was too quick or whatever. Uh, it's still not updated on the uh, website, so, you know, the old number will work till the end of this month anyway, so it's not that big of a, a an emergency. You can use either one. Although, if you are trying to listen on the phone bridge, that number will help you out because... Uh, yeah, you know, I get a lot of calls on the 800 number that I'd say about 20% of the calls on the 800 number are people saying, oh, no, I just wanted to listen. Okay, well, that's, and then I've got to go through the whole, well, that's another number and give them the information, and they go and, and they listen. Uh, well, now that's all automatically done because it gives you the, on uh, the new 800 number, gives you the option you know, if you want to participate in the call, stay on the line. But if you want to listen only over the phone bridge, push 1. And then you'll get the information. Is that cool or what? Anyway, you can also go to the chat room if you have Internet. And you do have to have Internet to get to the chat room, which is on the Internet. It's at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. That's how you get there, and then you just find the uh, chat link. It's easy. It's the one that says chat, and you click on that. Follow the easy instructions, which are really easy because it's just pick a name, pick a password, put in your email, and bing, bang, boom. You know, there you have it. Okay, let's see here. Uh, so... Let's see. Um, I'm getting some word in the chat room. I'm not seeing any problems on this end, so I'm presuming everything's fine. And if, uh, you know, that's the thing about the Internet. Well, that's the thing about every kind of communication is that, uh, you know, it, it's not always everybody. It's because sometimes just you, which <laughs> that that's a lot. That happens a lot to me. But, I mean, same thing with the satellite, though. I mean... You know, if you get some heavy cloud cover where you're at, depending on where you're at, it, it could interfere with your satellite transmission. And that doesn't mean it messes with everybody's, just in your area. Which I do want to remind everybody, we are on satellite also. And uh, satellite's kind of a cool thing, you know, because you're not... You know, if people are worried about being tracked, which... I don't have any problem with people. I don't think that's necessarily paranoid, okay? I think that's actually, uh, you know, a, a decent concern. I myself, I don't have a cell. I don't have a cell phone anymore. I had a cell phone. I had one of those track phones, but it's been out of, out of, uh, you know, out of date for so long. It's not going to be renewed. But, you know. Uh, I don't have a smartphone, and I don't know. I don't really need one to tell you the truth. Uh, and if you're in that, if you're in that spot too, where you don't really already have, 
you know, a smartphone or a cell phone, or you don't really need one. But if you think you might need one, gee, you know, I, I would kind of like to be able to communicate a little more mobily. What I was thinking is, you know, on Newegg, and, and there's probably other places too, but Newegg's where I look, they've got cheap, and I mean cheap, like under $150 laptops that, from what I read of the specifications, are uh, pretty decent. So... I was thinking, hey, you know, I've already got a Skype account, so, uh, and I've actually, I've done this before, but I was thinking, you know, get my own laptop. But, you know, one time when we lost all communication up here, I took Melissa's laptop, went down to the local grocery store that has, uh, you know, Wi-Fi in their parking lot from a couple different areas. I went down there, plugged my Skype in, and contacted all the hosts and let them know what was going on. I went in the chat room and let people knew, know what was going on there, too. Uh, you know, it's all for free on a laptop. Well, not completely free because, you know, the Skype phone thing does cost $3 a month. Anyway, so, you know, there's an option, folks. Okay, there's an option. There's something you can, uh, you know, do. Anyway. All right, Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN Talk is the screen name if you'd like to directly communicate with me, because if you go in the chat room, everybody's going to see it. And yes, the chat room has a private message uh, function, but I miss that a lot, folks. Uh, although, you know what I did? I I rearranged, I changed the setting on my computer uh, display. And I basically made it smaller. You know, uh, and now I can actually see the whole screen, which means the private messages. But generally speaking, I miss those a lot. You know, people will private message me and I'll see it the next day or something. That's not really helpful. You know, but the Yahoo Instant Messenger is right away and it's just to me. So if you want to say something that you don't want everybody in the chat room seeing or you don't want to broadcast over the air, then that's the way to do it. You can also email me, AmericanVoiceRadio at Yahoo.com, and uh, if you expect a reply, put somewhere noticeable, like in the subject line, please reply or reply, reply necessary, whatever. It's just something with the word reply in it. Uh, that usually catches my eye, and I realize, oh, okay, i got to answer this one. So... Let's get on to the, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been running around here, uh, you know, avoiding all the wonderful news out there. Isn't it great, you know? <laughs> all right, well, I might as well start with this one, seeing as how I just got done talking about, you know, if you have a cell phone or whatever, and, uh, you know, you don't like being tracked and all that, maybe this would be another, you know, thing for you. And I realize some people got to have communication, you know, while they're out and about. Like, for instance, a salesman, gosh, you've got to have it, or, or somebody on service calls, or something like that. And you might say, well, yeah, but, you know, the Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi thing doesn't really work, because it only works when you're in a Wi-Fi area, and you pretty much got to stop. Well, you're pretty much supposed to be stopping anyway. Because I'll tell you what, folks, me, okay, I view driving around, talking on your phone or texting or whatever the hell you do on your smartphones while you're supposed to be driving your car, I personally view that as as 
big a violation as drunk driving. Okay? That's my me. I personally view you that way. If you've got your phone up to your ear and one hand on the wheel and half of your mind on what you're supposed to be doing, like not running everybody down, I view you as just as big as a fender as a drunk driver out there. Honestly, I do. So, you know what? That whole, oh, yeah, but I'd have to, yeah, you're supposed to stop anyway. This little convenience about, oh, I can talk to people while I'm driving down the road. Okay, if you've got a headset on and you're all set up to do that, then fine. And really, I'm against that too. But, you know, that's not as dangerous. I mean, it's really okay. But really, when you're driving a car, you ought to be paying attention to driving the car. All right? You know how many people are killed in automobile accidents every year? Yeah. Well, I don't. Not exactly. I know it's probably five or six times, you know, oh, wait a minute, 20 or 30 times more than guns, huh? But I'll look that up at the break to see, because I'm I'm curious, because I've seen it before, I just can't recall the numbers. But a lot of people die on U.S. roads. So obviously, driving a car can be dangerous, and you should be paying attention while you're doing it, I think. But anyway, so you don't want to be tracked. Well, here's somebody who didn't want to be tracked. A Central California woman was fired, at least she's claiming she was fired, after uninstalling an application on her employer required her to run constantly on her company-issued iPhone. An app that tracked her every move, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. Can we say indentured servitude? Yeah, well, anyway, so Maria Arias, a former Bakersfield sales executive for money transfer service, Intermex. Yeah, this is the money transfer service that lets all the illegal aliens shovel all the money they've made off of illegally working in the United States back down to Mexico to support their families. Yeah, that's the company. Claims in a state court lawsuit that her boss, John Stubitz, fired her shortly after she uninstalled the job management Exora app. That's X-O-R-A if you'd like to look it up app that she and her colleagues were required to use. So she's suing him, and, uh, you know, after getting, um, you know, fired for this, uh, after researching the app and speaking with a trainer from Zora, ex-Zora, plaintiff and her co-workers asked whether Intermex would be monitoring their movements while off-duty. Stubitz admitted that employees would be monitored while off-duty and bragged that he knew how fast she was driving at specific moments ever since she installed the app on her phone. Plaintiff expressed that she had no problem with the app's GPS function during work hours, but she objected to the monitoring of her location during non-work hours and complained to Stubitz that this was an invasion of her privacy. She likened the app to a prisoner's ankle bracelet, which is exactly what it is, and informed Stubitz that his actions were illegal. Stubitz replied that she should tolerate the illegal intrusion. Yeah, you ought to tolerate it. Well, 
much. Now, this is somebody pulling down a decent paycheck of $7,250 per month. Okay? That's a lot of money. Now, what do you think about this, folks? This is what's going on. Now, okay, so here's your employer, right, gives you an iPhone. Hey, these are $1,000 toys right here, okay? These aren't cheap. So they give you a company-issued phone. Now, obviously, they give it to you because they want to be able to get in touch with you. So, what do you think? You think she's going to win? You think she's going to lose? Would you take that job? You know, really, people need to get a little smarter than this. Unless, of course, she just wants to sue this guy and uh, not work and collect. She is suing for 500000 bucks. You know, and after she pays her lawyers, she'll probably get a couple of hundred grand. Uh, you know, because I think she'll win because this is a, you know, a little much. Then again, the courts, who knows? And it is, after all, California. <laughs> so they might say, nah, nah, there's nothing wrong with that. Really? Okay. Well, then you know what? Let's get smart here, folks. Here's the problem. Look, so you got a good paying job, 7200 bucks a month. You realize I'd work at a place for that like a year and then I'd retire? Okay, I mean, I'd, I would just retire after that. Okay, I don't need to work anymore. I've piled up enough money, I don't have to work anymore, ever. So, you don't want to lose your job. What do you do? Well, think about getting yourself a little Faraday cage. All right? They're not hard to build, even. I mean, if you want to build one yourself, build one yourself. But I'm sure you can look online and, and, and either buy one or at least see probably a thousand YouTubes on how to make them and all that good stuff, right? And just look, man. While, while you're on the job, you got your phone and you're there you are and a uh, good deal and everything's fine. And, uh, you know, the boss knows where you're at and who you're talking to and what you're saying. And you know it and he knows it and we all know it. And, hey, it's part of the job. Okay, fine. Oh, 5 o'clock rolls around. Job time's over. You know what? You stick the phone in the box. Now, hey, guess what? This thing ain't transmitting to anybody. Nobody's knowing where you're at, who you're talking to, and you're not talking to anybody because, you know what, you ought to have your own phone. I mean, if you don't want the boss's, you know, free phone, keeping track of everything you're doing, then don't use it for your own, hello, Hillary Clinton, you know. She went the other way. She refused to take the boss's email at all. I set up my own servers for my own emails because when I want to erase all this stuff, by golly, I want to have complete control over it. See, she gets it. I mean, she's a criminal who works for the government, and uh, during work hours, this woman didn't even want to be kept an eye on. Okay? Really, I I'm telling you, Hillary Clinton is becoming somebody to look at. Well, what does she do? Because, I mean, here is a serial criminal for, what, 40 years or so, and she's, she's never even been indicted. Forget about never been in jail. She's never been indicted. Well, she must be doing something right, huh? Well, yeah, she is. 
Okay, so Congress pulls her down onto the carpet, and they say, all right. They turn on the bright lights, and they start questioning her. Okay, we have you talk. You're going to talk. We want to know things. What's your name? You know, I don't recall. Yeah, she said, I don't recall 80 times. Okay? You getting the picture? Got to get smart, folks. Because, you know what, cops, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Where? You, you know what, uh, it's none of your business. I don't have anything to say. Get a warrant. No, I'm not giving you permission to do anything. As a matter of fact, I have some questions. You know, uh, you got to get smart. Now, you can start yelling and screaming at the cops, and uh, they don't like that that much, and it might end up in a trouble. But, you know, hey, I've done that. I'm not always smart. Well, I haven't always been smart. I'm always smart now, though. But I, I wasn't always smart, and I haven't always been smart. But starting right now, I'm always smart, okay? So, uh, you know, don't yell at cops if you can avoid it. Although, you know... Anyway, moving on. So there's something about uh, being tracked. And a solution. Okay? A solution. You know, if you want to keep your job, you don't want to make waves, you don't want to, all right, you know, fine, you know, I'll take the free iPhone, I'll take the $7,200 a month, I'll let you track me every movement, everywhere, everything I do while I'm on duty. But when I'm off duty, this sucker goes in the cage. Yeah. I mean, how hard is that? That's easy. And what are they going to do? They're going to say, hey, now listen, you. Uh, I noticed your phone went blank for, uh, you know, 16 hours. Yeah, you mean the 16 hours that I am not under your control? Well, blah, blah, blah. What are they going to say? Oh, you can't put your phone, you know, where? Oh, okay, then I'll go put it on the roof of my house. You know, whatever. And then I'll go and do what I want to do with my own phone. And just let the NSA track me, rather than my boss. Dude, you know, think, folks. Unless you want, you know, hey, I'm standing up for this, I'm going to sue you. Fine, then good. Uh, Although, if you're going to do that, I suggest you do it yourself. I suggest you learn how yourself, because... um, if you get lawyers, you got a good chance they're going to sell you down the river, lose the case for you, and end up costing you, you know, $100,000 in legal fees. Really. All right. Here's a story that I said I'd get to, and I'm going to. When the elites wage war on America, this is how they'll do it. Okay, now this is somebody who, this is, Somebody's scenario, somebody's idea, this is how they'll do it. I'm sure we all have our ideas about what's going on and how they'll do it. I mean, some people believe the Chinese are going to attack, the Russians are going to attack, and, uh, you know, other people think the Mexicans are going to attack, and uh, South America's going to attack, and, you know, and then other people think, no, 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 we're going to have an earthquake, and, uh, you know, California's going to slide into the ocean, and the volcano and the 
Yellowstone is going to explode and we're all going to die. Well, okay, lots of people got different ideas about what's going on. So it's good to listen to other ideas and take what you can, you know, what you can manage to say, hmm, that makes sense to me, and then the stuff that goes, ah, stupid, then just toss it to the side. The consequences and patterns of war, whether by one nation against another or by a government against the citizenry, rarely change. However, the methods of war have evolved vastly in modern times. Wars by elites against populations are often so subtle that many people not, might not even recognize that they are under attack until it's too late. Hey, welcome to America! We've been under attack for, uh, what, 40 years, 50 years now? Well, actually, you know, we've been in, under attack since the minute this this nation started. Honestly, why do you think the southern states said, okay, that's it. Ah, we're out of here, man. It had nothing to do with slavery. It had to do with taxation and corruption and changing the form of government. The southern states knew, hey, look, we signed on. To a certain set of rules. You're not playing by those rules anymore. We've asked you. We've pleaded with you. You refuse. We're leaving. Oh, no, no, you're not. You know, and there you go. The federal war of aggression. Where all the states lost. Keep that in mind, folks. This was not a, a war between the states. This is a war, was a war upon the states, all the states, not just the southern states, because all the states lost their sovereignty. Anyway, uh, let's see. Whether I examine the conceptions of a potential war between individuals and oligarchy, invariably some hard-headed person cries out, What do you mean, when? We are at war right now. In this case, I am not talking about the subtle brand of war. I am not talking about the information war, the propaganda war, the economic war, the psychological war, or the biological war. Which, by the way, folks, are all going on simultaneously against you. I am talking about outright warfare. And anyone who thinks we have already reached that point has no clue about what real war looks like. That's a fact. The recent exposure of the nationwide Jade Helm 15 exercises made many people suspicious, and with good reason. Federal crisis exercises have a strange historic tendency to suddenly coincide with very real crisis events. We may now, we may know very little about Jade Helm beyond government admissions, claims, and misdirections, but at the very least, we know that Jade is an acronym for Joint Assistance for Deployment and Execution. Hey, you know, anything coming from the government with execution in it's got to be good. A program designed to create action and deployment plans using computer models meant to speed up reaction times for military planners during a crisis scenario. It is linked with another program called ACOA. Adaptive Course of Action, the basis of which is essentially the use of past mission successes and computer models to plan future missions. They're both products of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agencies, or DARPA. 
As far as I know, no one has presented any hard evidence, and there is a lot of speculation on the Internet as to what it means, but no hard evidence as to what HELM really stands for. But the Jade portion of the exercise explicitly focuses on rapid force deployment planning in crisis situations. According to the government white paper linked above, the fact alone brings into question statements by the Department of Defense that Jade Helm is nothing more than a training program to prepare military units for foreign deployment. This is clearly a lie if Jade Helm revolves around crisis events, which denotes domestic threats rather than foreign operations. I'm shocked. You mean they're lying? Oh, come on, say it ain't so. Well, you know, folks... All you can do, you know, you're not going to stop Jade Helm by complaining about it. But be aware of it and be wary of it and be prepared. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. An important message from Donald Trump and Americans for Limited Government. While I'm a Republican, right now some in the Republican Party are working overtime to hand more power to President Obama. These same people are turning their backs on the American workers and businesses. It's unbelievable. I learned a long time ago, a bad deal is far worse than no deal at all. And the Obama Trans-Pacific Partnership and Fast Track are a bad, bad deal. For American businesses, for workers, for taxpayers, it's a huge set of handouts for a few insiders that don't even care about our great, great America. Congress has to stand up and defeat this raw power grab. With the dismal Obama track record, why should a Republican Congress give him more power and gut the Constitution to do it? It's just crazy. Tell your congressman and senator, vote no on Fast Track. Take action at Obamatrade.com. Obamatrade.com. Unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316 316- 
This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 13th of May. It's Wednesday, 2015. It's about 2.45 and a half out here 
on the uh, Pacific Time Coast, go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. There's a website. Everything you need to know is there about this network anyway. You can call in 800-932-1980 if you want to get on the show. You can also contact me on Yahoo Instant Messenger. AVRN Talk is the screen name. That just about covers it. And let's see. Oh, yes. The the room got both songs. Uh, Behind Blue Eyes was the, uh, you know, both of these songs were covers. Uh, Behind Blue Eyes, obviously, uh, The Who did that. But this version was by Limp Biscuit, which wasn't that hard to get, seeing as how in the song they actually spell out their name a couple times, a few times, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the second one there is Dust My Broom, which I've played several different versions of. This one was Canned Heat. Anyway, so there you go. There it is. I'm going to really, really have to start playing uh, 1940s instrumentals to stump the room anymore. But that's okay, because I've got 1940s instrumentals. All right, let's get back to, uh, well, where were we? Oh, yes. (laughs) Wars being declared on you. Where we left off was the uh, the idiot responses that the Department of Defense is trying to tell people that, oh, this is just, uh, you know, uh, training programs to prepare military units for foreign development. But their name, the jade part of their name, okay, revolves around crisis events, which denotes domestic threats rather than foreign operations. So, you know, oh, okay, let's, you know, let's oh, let's believe the generals, because they wouldn't lie. They're officers and gentlemen. Oh, uh-huh, sure they are. They're stuffed shirts politicians pretending to be military people. And, and this is not a slam on your... You know, even your lower line, uh, you know, captains and uh, lieutenants and sergeants and privates, it's not a slam on the military. It's a slam on your commanders. Your commanders suck. They're a bunch of traitors, and they should all be hanged for treason. Okay? And, And the Pentagon should be torn down with them all in it. I'm serious. You know, I, that's my opinion about the leadership of the United States military. But that's just my opinion. Of course, you can also consider the reality that special operations forces always train like they fight and train in environments similar to where they will fight. The entire notion of Jade Helm as a preparation for foreign theaters sounds absurd. If special operations forces are going to fight in Iraq, Iran, or Syria, they're going to train in grounds in places like Kuwait. If they are training in places like Fort Lauderdale, Florida then there is no way around the fact that they are practicing to fight somewhere exactly like Fort Lauderdale, Florida, with a similar culture and population. Now, where could that be? Oh, it could be anywhere in Florida. I would further note that Jade Helm exercises are also joint exercises with domestic agencies like the FBI and the DEA. Again, Why include domestic law enforcement agencies in a military exercise merely meant to prepare troops for foreign operations? I often hear the argument that the military would never go along with such a program. 
But people who take this rather presumptive position do not understand crisis psychology. In the event of a national catastrophe, many military personnel and government employees may determine that they will do what is best for them and their families. And if following orders guarantees the security of their families food security, shelter, etc., then they may very well follow any order, no matter how dubious. Also, a large-scale crisis would be used as rationale for martial law. Otherwise, well-meaning military men and women could be convinced that the loss of constitutional freedoms might be for the greater good of the greater number. I believe some military will indeed resist such efforts, but of course, Jade Helm may also be a method for vetting such uncooperative people before any live operations occur. So, if Jade is actually a crisis planning system for the military and the military is training for domestic operations, what is the crisis it is training to react to? Well, listen folks... Uh, did you hear the show directly before this one? Did you hear yesterday's financial survival or American Independence Hour? No? Well, let me hold my spot right here uh, because we have a little story here that might just kind of give you a little idea about, oh, what kind of crisis could happen? Now, obviously, any kind of natural disaster could happen, okay? And, you know, I, I'm not convinced that the United States government has the ability to create natural disasters. I do believe they can manipulate weather and certain disasters to a certain degree. But nature's a big thing. And I don't think they can just, you know, well, flip of a switch, we'll do this and we'll do that. Nah, I think they can maybe move things uh, to a better spot for them, but it's still a kind of a iffy thing. However, the economy is something that they are directly responsible for. And I say that, you know, the government, well, come on. We know it's the banks and they're private and all that stuff, but the government and them are working together. HSBC warns today, okay, the world economy faces a titanic problem. And uh, he's not talking about titanic problem as in hugeness, like we've got a real big problem. That's not what he's meaning. He's meaning Titanic literally, as in the boat. In a note to clients Wednesday, today, HSBC chief economist Stephen King warns, quote, the world economy is like an ocean liner without lifeboats. If another recession hits, it could be a truly Titanic struggle for policymakers. And then he adds, whereas previous recoveries have enabled monetary and fiscal policymakers to replenish their ammunition, this recovery, both in the U.S. and elsewhere, has been distinguished by a persistent 
munitions shortage. This is a major problem in all recessions recession since the 1970s. The U.S. Fed funds rate has fallen by a minimum of 5 percent points. That kind of traditional stimulus is now completely ruled out because they're at zero, folks. Okay? King notes that this is that this far into the recovery, there's a lack of traditional policy ammunition. Yeah, because there was no recovery, folks. Listen, you know, this, all this talk about recovery, recovery, recovery is just so much BS. I, I mean, honestly. So, gee, there could be any kind of crisis. But you know what? Let's look at the most obvious crisis. Like a complete economic collapse. And I'm not talking just here. Because all the economies are tied together. They made sure of that. They want a worldwide collapse. This is why, see, they have gone out of their way to attack every country and destroy it that was not part of the IMF. Go look it up. Libya, Syria, on and on it goes. Every place we went and destroyed and blow back into the Stone Ages were countries that were not involved in the International Monetary Fund. They were not participating in the world fiat, you know, fraud scam. And they had to be destroyed. Because, see, when this goes down, everybody's got to go down. Why? Because they got something new in mind, folks. You can bet on it. So, let's see. Now, this writer here believes it's going to come down to an economic disaster, but our economic and social structures are so weak that almost any major event could trigger collapse. Terror attacks, cyber attacks, pandemic, a stiff wind, you name it. The point is the government expects a crisis to occur. Well, See, he's being a little naive because they don't expect crises to occur unless they are planning to make it occur. And with the advent of this crisis, the ultimate war on the American people will begin. Why wait for a crisis situation? With the cover of a crisis event, opposition to power is more easily targeted. For my starting point on the elite war strategy, I would like to use the following presentation on guerrilla warfare by Max Boot, Council on Foreign Relations Senior Fellow and Military Advisor at the Elitist World Affairs Council. I would first point out that Boot claims... His work is merely a historical character study of interesting figures from the realm of insurgency and counterinsurgency, and not a potential. I'm afraid that I'll have to call horse hockey on that. Boot is direct advisor to the Department of Defense. His work at this presentation was obviously a study of guerrilla tactics from the perspective of counterinsurgency and an attempt to explore strategic methods for controlling and eradicating guerrillas and terrorists. Any defense of the American people might muster against elitist dismantling of constitutional liberties would inevitably turn to insurgency. So using CFR member Boots' views on counterinsurgency as a guideline, here is how the elites will most likely wage war on those within the American population who have the will to fight back. Well, I am at close enough to the end of this show here where I'm going to stop there and I will continue on with this later. But uh, 
it's lengthy and it's worth listening to because it's uh, you want to know what a scenario could be like well you know this guy makes good points in this article to look to the people who make the policies for the bad guys you know this is why on the website i include liberal communist news sites for you to peruse not because i support them but i want you to look at them because you know what you should know what's going on with your enemy And don't forget, U.S. wars, no matter where they are, always kill mostly civilians. Do you know that? The days of only uh, engaging other military forces are over. Now their idea is go in, bomb, blow up, murder as many civilians as you possibly can, and then roll your forces through the mop up. That's their idea. They don't want any. Bullies never want a nose-to-nose confrontation. It's dishonorable, and it's cowardly. And that is the United States war-fighting machine's strategy. So, get ready, you know, because they're about to turn it on you. And me, you know. Forearmed is forewarned. Or, whoops, forewarned is forearmed. Either way, it works. But ignorance breeds fear. Fear breeds panic. Panic always means defeat. Keep that in mind. And uh, I'll be back again tonight. we got good stuff coming up. As always, thanks for listening. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. You gotta take the drugs. No other way. Either that or 
we can use our our real fancy pocket knife and cut out your organs. That's it. There's no other way to stay healthy. And if someone tries to tell you that you can change your diet, you can take superfoods, they don't know what they're talking about, and they have to be arrested, and they got to go to jail because they got their head where the sun doesn't shine, man. That <laughs> This is Ash, and this is the Mellow Hour, and this is Health Talk. Um, I want to get into um, Maui. Let me let me tell you, there is this this dick federal judge that is intentionally stalling the implementation of the referendum that was passed last year by the voters in Maui County which, if it finally comes into effect, will bar Monsanto and Dow from further polluting the island with experimental pesticides and genetically modified crapola. The judge's name is Susan Oki Mulway, and she has taken it upon herself to interfere with the will of the Maui voters by postponing a hearing that would have moved the referendum forward. And her excuse was that two proposed legislative bills that were supposed to come up for consideration but have long since died without a hearing might have made it possible to nullify the referendum. Yeah. So can you see where this uh, judge's uh, loyalties lie? Seriously. So except that those two bills will not nullify anything because the bills are both dead, which means that there's absolutely no chance of passing. So everyone that's involved with the process recognizes this fact, except for Judge Malway, who is still clinging to this fantasy reality in allowing Monsanto and Dow to spread untested Franken-crops and random experimental crop chemicals as they see fit all over Maui. Who gives a crap? So in obstructing the democratic process and aiding and abetting two domestic terrorist organizations Monsanto and Dow, both of which are committing egregious crimes against humanity with their chemical experimentation, the judge's refusal to hold an appropriate hearing on the referendum amounts to nothing more than treason. And she should be pulled from her post and put in jail. Well, obviously this ain't going to happen. But the Maui voters and others 
can start applying much needed pressure to get the process moving. And despite what you may have heard in the mainstream media, and I will get to the mainstream media in a minute, the referendum in question does not even pertain to commercially approved GMOs and crop pesticides, but rather to experimental untested GMOs and pesticides that are being planted and sprayed in the open air without approval. Now, the exact text of the referendum that was passed by the Maui voters reads as follows. The genetically engineered operations and practices occurring in Maui County, also known as GMO, are different than genetically engineered food production farming and therefore pose different circumstances, risks, and concerns. In Maui County, Genetically engineered operations and practices include the cultivation of genetically engineered seed crops, experimental genetically engineered test crops, and extensive pesticide use, including the testing of experimental pesticides and their combinations in what is effectively an outdoor laboratory. That's so as you can see, I mean it's very clear that the people, the Ohana, the Maui Ohana, are rightfully concerned about the human experimentation programs taking place on their island by Monsanto and Dow without proper testing or approval. And then the open-air plantings of untested genetically modified crops and spraying of experimental crop chemicals is an irreversible ecological and human health threat that if our own government will not even protect us against it, it must be dealt with by the people themselves. And there was an example of this when activists in Hungary destroyed nearly 1,000 crops of genetically modified maize fields owned by Monsanto in 2011. And the reports indicated that the transgenic crops were plowed under the ground before they had a chance to spread their poisonous pollen. And several years later in Oregon, the activists set 40 tons of genetically modified sugar beets ablaze in a major show of force against the government's unconstitutional collusion with private industry. So allowing mass experimentation on humans with new genetically modified organisms and new pesticides without informed consent is the crime. It is an obvious and undeniable crime. And this is what we are faced with in every facet of government. All the stuff 
that Mayor Kanoi did, Kanoi did on the Big Island, that's a drop in the bucket to what they're allowing Monsanto and Dow to do. And why is that happening? Why? In God we trust, all others pay cash. Okay? Payoffs like you cannot believe. Now, am I saying that activists should go out and destroy all the genetically modified fields? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it was done before. But I'm not advocating that. Oh, no. I can't come out and say that. Oh, no. But Hungary certainly did set a really good example, and so did uh, Oregon. So when I was talking about media, right, what happens is increasingly the news that we see and the news that never becomes public is being controlled by moneyed corporate interests who will control using their advertising dollars and by governments that censor information they consider too revealing. You understand? And because of that, there's a large number of mainstream media journalists that are leaving their employers so that they can finally report the truth about how broadcast, print, and online media has become so co-opted and so corrupt that it is difficult to believe anything that you read or anything that you hear. There was a report by the Center for Research on Globalization, which is an independent research and media organization that's based in Montreal, Canada, um, that had a guy named Peter Oborn. He was the former chief political commentator for Britain's The Telegraph newspaper. And what happened was he recently quit his position over frustration that the paper refused to allow him to publish disparaging yet factual information about a British multinational banking and financial services company. And according to the opinion piece that Oborn wrote for Open Democracy, which was entitled, Why I Resigned from the Telegraph, the guy said in the paper that they wouldn't let him um, um, make public pieces critical for that holdings company, HSBC Holdings, for fear of losing advertising dollars. I mean, I mean, I just... Are you serious? So the guy went on and further said that the coverage 
of HSBC and Britain's Telegraph is a fraud on its readers. And if the major newspapers allow corporations to influence their content for fear of losing advertising revenue, democracy itself is in peril. And from the start of 2013 onwards, stories critical of HSBC were discouraged. And HSBC suspended its advertising with the Telegraph because this guy you can't literally afford to offend. That's the word. Then there's other writers for other papers have dealt with similar censorship issues. You got the columnist and writer uh, David Cronin said that he submitted an expose describing how the pro-Israel lobby operates in Brussels to the supposedly progressive British newspaper The Guardian, but it was rejected because a commentary editor found it to be too sensitive. And then the guy modified the piece to make the tone, you know, less political, and still it wasn't published. And then the former editor of somewhere in Germany, he published a book entitled Bought Journalists, How Politicians, Secret Services, and High Finance Control the Mass Media, and in that, he detailed how today's journalists manipulate the masses on behalf of the powerful interests. Do you understand what is going on? Is that we are we we are <laughs> we're being directed in in certain in certain areas. We are being directed to view things a certain way. We are being led down a path that is not normal to make us think a certain way. I mean, recently the former CBS News investigative reporter Cheryl Atkinson, before being forced out at the network, she managed to uncover a career's worth of government corruption, lying, malfeasance, and propaganda in several scandals involving the CDC and vaccines regarding autism, the Holder Justice Department's gunwalking operation codenamed Fast and Furious, and the fleecing of taxpayers through billions of dollars that the Obama administration gave to quote-unquote green companies and car makers who did not produce products and ultimately went bankrupt. So what's happening here, I mean, do you remember, do you remember a couple of weeks back, there was this dick who lived on Kauai that, that was, uh, who knows who the guy was. And he wrote this article about how good the biotech industry was. And I read that. I could not believe it. I blew my mind out. So I immediately wrote a rebuttal. And I cited specific facts 
and documents that would pertain or that would give credence to what was revealed in my article. Did they ever print it? No. Why? Because they're being paid off to by the biotech industry. Every once in a while you get a letter that it goes against it. But do you ever see any, any articles where they talk about the Giles Serolini report? where they found the cancer tumors? Do you ever see articles where they report the, um, <clears throat> oh, what's her name? God, why do I forget her name from MIT? Anyway, her link between glyphosate and autism and the statement that if it proliferates the way it's going, by the year 2020, one out of every three children will be autistic. Do they print that? No, of course not. Why? Because it was not, it goes against advertising dollars. <laughs> this is, this is what we're up against. We're, this, how, how do you get around it? You get, you get censored, everything has to pass higher-ups. The higher-ups live in Kahala, or they live up on the ridges and they have nice houses. How do you think they were affording the house? Is it just from the revenue from the newspaper, or could it be payoffs from various industries? Just, I, I wrote an article the other day, and of course it, it never got printed, I never got the phone call, nothing. It, it, and it was, the favorite saying of most politicians is, in God we trust, all others pay cash. They wouldn't print that. Yet you got that, that jerk on Maui Kanoe that got a credit card after being mayor, and he goes to bars, and he charges in bars, and he charges for hookers, and he charges for all kinds of stuff. And then he says, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm the mayor. Give me a break. The guy should be impeached. You see, when I grew up, I was told that we, were a go we had a government of, for, and by the people. And as the years passed, and as I got older, and as I saw what was happening, it became a government of form by the corporation. The people, the people, like those guys on Maui that voted not to be poisoned. That's what they voted. They voted not to be poisoned. Yet, that Judge Malway, she said, screw you. You have no right to not to be poisoned. That's basically what she said. So it would be interesting to see if fields on Maui got burned down and it ever made the newspaper. That would be very interesting. No, I don't advocate that. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I don't advocate that. But it would be really interesting to see if it ever happened, if you'd ever read about it in the newspaper or ever see about it on TV. That would be interesting. And if you want to, if you, 
I, I'm talking, you know, this is a health show. And you say, how can politics be anything regarding health? Well, when, it affect, when what is being paid off and what is allowed to proliferate is damaging to your health, you got to know about it. And you might want to sit down for this one. Okay? The government is not quite known for always being on the up and up when it comes to reporting certain information and making public what the public deserves to know. So there's information in documents that are blacked out with a marker and there's loopholes change with the wind and double talk runs rampant. That we know, okay? Now here's the part you need to sit down for. Because a rare admission has just been announced by the government, and it has to do with the V word. And the V word is vaccinations. Yeah, got to be careful. Got to be careful. We can't talk about vaccinations too much because then, then we're anti-government. See, that's the bad part. So there was this introductory information that says, if you received the tetanus vaccines and had a severe allergic reaction, like anaphylaxis, within four hours after receiving the vaccine, then it is presumed that the tetanus vaccine caused the injury if no other cause was found. Wow. So now consider the great deal of wishy-washy statements offered by the government and the mainstream media and those who subscribe to their expertise on the subject. This statement is as close to an admission that vaccines are detrimental to your health that you've ever read from the government before. And the HHS table... Department of Health and Human Services, HHS table, goes on to outline very specific ailments that are linked to particular vaccines. For example, the chart explains that the tetanus shot is linked to anaphylactic shock, which can occur within four hours of injection. The exact scenario can also unfold with the measles, mumps, and rubella or the hepatitis B shot. Death, disability, and injury are also listed as possible outcomes of receiving these shots, although the time period for the specific results comes with evasive, non-applicable wording. So that table, the HHS, HHS table, is an important step in the fact that the government is publicly showcasing the horrors that can unfold at the hands of vaccinations, and it shatters the previously held all vaccinations are safe mentalities, laying it out in plain sight that the toll of these injections can make on a person. However, 
there are still those running around with their hands covering their ears drinking the vaccination Kool-Aid. It's like a game of mental dominoes. What happens to one quickly becomes the mindset for the others who quickly fall in line at the hand of those in control. So in this case, we're talking about pro-vaccine people who have jumped on the vaccinations are safe train following the path of those that came before them and like out of control dominoes mow the others down with thoughts that it's okay for humans to inject, inject one another with toxins. So here's how it works. On the portion of its website that talks about influenza, the World Health Organization states that vaccination is the most effective way to prevent infection and severe outcomes caused by influenza viruses. Then, the American Academy of Putz Faces, I mean the American Academy of Pediatrics site, embraces this who said it so it must be true mindset saying on their own site that who the world health organization reviewed the american academy of pediatrics immunization website suggesting that the information presented must therefore be true and as such the academy of pediatrics site says Vaccines contain many ingredients that make them safer and more effective, including preservatives and adjuvants and other ingredients. Can anybody please tell me when preservatives and mysterious other ingredients are considered safe? And what's more disturbing is that this statement appears just below their subhead titled Thimerosal, Aluminum, and Other Ingredients. I would think that the American Academy of Pediatrics needs to take a Thimerosal 101 class because it contains mercury and it's used in vaccines. Okay, enough. But then again, the WHO reviewed this information so we can all sleep better at night knowing that the vials of toxins that await us at the local supermarket pharmacy or the drugstores are A-OK. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel so much better about this now than as with anything that impacts our health. It's important to stay informed. You have to stay informed by reading what's reported on non-mainstream crapola and then do what is in the best interest for your ethical standards and overall health. And while we're talking about government corruption, and hopefully we might be able to change the topic to something a little bit lighter before I get off the air or before they come in with a friggin' Uzi and shoot me here, 
there was this sterilization program that took place in Virginia between the years of 1924 and 1979. There are 11 remaining victims of this covert sterilization program that have received co compensation by Virginia, okay, according to new reports. The Virginia General Assembly set aside $400,000 in its budget to compensate each living victim of the program $25,000 as a symbolic reparation for this dark time in the state's history. So a protocol of the Virginia Eugenical Sterilization Act, these sterilizations were performed on victims at a number of hospitals throughout the state in an attempt to prevent certain undesirables from reproducing. Then other states eventually modeled their own sterilization legislation on the act, as did Nazi Germany with its more well-known eugenics program. So there was this guy, his name is Lewis Reynolds, he's 87 years old, and he was one of the few surviving guys that received compensation. And he lives in Lynchburg, Virginia. Well, he was sterilized by Virginia when he was 13 years old. And he didn't realize at the time what had happened. But when he recalled when his first wife left him because he was unable to produce children, he says now he recognizes the damage that was done. And he said, they did me wrong, man. I couldn't have a family like everybody else. They took my rights away. So according to the Associated Press, sterilizations in Virginia took place at six state institutions, including Lynchburg's Virginia Colony for the Epileptic and Feeble-Minded, which has changed their name to the Central Virginia Training Center. And Mr. Reynolds was admitted to this facility at the age of 13 after being presumed to have epilepsy. But it turned out he was actually exhibiting temporary symptoms as a result of being hit in the head with a rock. So fortunately for Mr. Reynolds, he was still able to remarry and live a long, fulfilling life. Then he joined the Marine Corps, and he served in two wars. He was a military policeman and a firearms instructor. And at one time, he taught FBI agents how to shoot, and he also manned a 50 caliber machine gun in Korea. But the guy's fate was overshadowed by the unknown fates of the others like him that were sterilized but who are now dead, never having been acknowledged or compensated for being medically molested by the state of Virginia.
And according to the executive director of the Christian Law Institute, 65,000 Americans were sterilized in 33 states as an offshoot of Virginia's sterilization laws without recompense or compensation. And Virginia is the second state to approve compensation for victims of its eugenics program, with North Carolina being the first. And back in the year 2013, North Carolina approved payments of $50,000 for each of the remaining victims of its eugenics program. Now, sterilization programs like the one in Virginia really picked up steam across the U.S. in the 30s right after the Supreme Court ruled, ruled in favor of upholding, Virgin, upholding Virginia's eugenics law. And the infamous words of Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., writing for the majority at the time, affirmed that eugenics was alive and well in America when he declared that three generations of imbeciles are enough. Seriously, there was a growing consensus that we needed to act while we still had the opportunity to look these people in the eye and acknowledge the wrong that was committed against them so many years ago. This was by a delegate who was one of the sponsors of the compensation measure. And I remember years and years and years ago when I first went on the air <coughs> that I talked about this. Nobody believed it then. I'm sure nobody believes it now. This is what we're up against. There are people that want to reduce the population. Because to them, you see, the more people that walk the planet, the less they can have to enjoy. Meaning the haves versus the have-nots. So if you take a minority group or you take whatever, you say, why do these people have to be here? You see, what's happening is <clears throat> there's millions of vehicles on the planet. And every one of those vehicles has a driver. Okay, now if everybody could see the driver of the vehicle and understand that that's who you relate to, not the vehicle, because all the vehicles come in different sizes and colors and shapes and, and formats and whatever, then you don't see minorities, then you don't see underprivileged, then you don't see, let's get rid of them because they're, they're not in our league. So what they do is they put their sense gratification way before any humanity. So you got two choices. <clears throat> the driver of the vehicle goes from vehicle to vehicle to vehicle to vehicle, birth after birth after birth, until he finally reaches the human form. See, it's an evolving process. But people think 
that all the drivers in the all the vehicles that are not the human form that you know <laughs> who cares but they don't realize that the driver of their human form was in one of those bodies generations and generations and generations ago and finally made it to the human form so the human form has two choices to make Number one, they can try to enjoy their senses as much as possible and just screw everybody else because I gotta have this and I gotta have that and I gotta screw this and I gotta screw that and I gotta buy this big house and I gotta put this big fence around it and I'm gonna have a two swimming pools and I'm gonna have fountains and I want guards on my property because nobody can come and take what I got that's one that's one choice the other choice is my goodness, I'm, I'm a child of God. God is my actual father. What, what instructions has he laid out for me that I should follow? And where will that lead me? Well, sense gratification leads you to another body. And it may not be a human form, and then you've got to go through the whole process all over again follow God's instructions, develop a relationship with him, the driver leaves the body, he ain't taking on another material body, he just goes back to where he came from, which is the spiritual sky, spiritual world. So you have to decide what's better, the frustrating sense gratification that never makes you happy, it makes you want, look at all the, look at all the, the guys like Elvis Presley, that that just had everything and yet they commit suicide why they got everything except they're not complete i got a phone call hello hello oh hi hash hey. listen you know i i think you're on to something really you know uh, <laughs> yeah you know what when you when you think when i think about it i, I mean oh yeah stephanie senef that's the one from mit that wrote oh, the report that wrote okay. the report that there's a connection between glyphosate and autism and by 2020 uh, one out of every three kids is going to be autistic one and, other, uh, and yet they, the newspaper wouldn't print it but you see here here's the insanity of this of, of our, our medical system our more medical industrial complex whatever you want to call it is, is, is they 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 like this they like more more people with autism or more people with um, are, are just sick yeah because you can get rid of them quicker well right well but you want to make money off of them before you get rid of them you know? absolutely and and, and and so i mean it's the insanity of of, of, of making Having leaving people so poor that they they can't even afford enough um, 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 food to 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 eat healthy, so that they have to. Um, but they um, provide them enough money so they can give it to the medical profession. Right, right. You gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. They have they have these. Um, Customers, more customers. Yeah, absolutely. That's what a patient is. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and guess what? And the, the, the poorest ones, guess who pays for it? The taxpayers. You know, we, we all pay for that. And, but, 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 but these people, like you said, they'll live up in the hills, you know, they'll live up um, uh, channelists and all that, and their big, beautiful houses. And um, they, they um, you know, you know I, hey, life is good. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's like, customers. it's like they stand on their back lanai and they pee on everybody that lives below them, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the trickle down effect, I guess you call that. You gotta <laughs> love it, man. Uh, but, but, but you know, when I think about it, isn't it just insane that this whole this whole system that we have the the, the, the sick care, not 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 trying to 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 do everything you can to do enhance people's health. I know. You know? I know. So that, that we can get rid of this medical industrial complex. But no, no, no. No, of course not. They pay the yeah. bills, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I, I have to come back to these stupid cancer centers all across the country, like ours, that, that are, well, you, you know, they're, they're really in debt. And oh, we're going to get the money to keep this going. Really? You know, and, 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 and you know, what, what, are, what are these, all these centers found? Um, uh, cure, cures for cancer? And actually, you know, they, they don't want to find a cure for cancer. Hell no. They did. They're all, they're all operated. Yeah, it's crazy. Those people on the hills would have to come down. Yeah, you know, too many people getting paid, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it, sure, it, cancer, we're out of business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Remember, the medical industrial complex also is the one that's going to, I mean, is really killing our economy. Yes. It's, it's putting us so much in debt, you know? Yeah. And if you have more autism, I mean, folks with autism are, are very high. Terrible, man. It's you know? Terrible. And then they, then they are subjected to the medical industrial complex. You know, the, the organic sulfur crystals, are. we're up to 30 cases that we know about of autism reversals. Amazing, amazing. Do you think the, the, the whole ever let that word get out? Hell no. I'm surprised you, you, you haven't had agents coming to your. They're <laughs> coming to take me away. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Hey, dude, I got a lot of phone calls. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Talk to you later. Yeah. Aloha. Okay. Who's next? Hello. Hey. Good morning, Hash. How you doing? Could be worse. Hey, man. You know this this not caring concept. It ties right into the Bohemian Grove. They do the ritual called the cremation of care. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know what I mean? And this we're talking about those who are just one step below those who the invisible shot callers. If they're doing the ritual, the cremation of care in the Bohemian Grove, and these are the people who make the decisions of about the world, right? Yeah, you it got it. It ties directly into why at the top they don't care it's not they can't when you said <laughs> walk the earth we're in their way man I tell people that all the time and that cremation of care when, when I first heard the terms to cremation of care it didn't sink right away because I couldn't believe what I was hearing you know it was so it was so wicked that I couldn't understand I know in that cremation of uh, it's like a uh a hellfire ritual <laughs> to destroy any human 
concept of care I know. for uh, the rest of the world or other human beings or who's ever Terrible. in your clique. You know, when I when I first went on the radio back in 1981, I was just talking about all this health stuff. I used to get calls from all the doctors, and they they would say to me, "And what are your credentials? Oh, you have no credentials, huh? How can you how can you dare talk about anything like this? We're doctors. We know better." So I figured, you know, these guys are real dicks, man. I got I got to do something. So I went online and I got my master's degree. And once I got a degree in nutrition, they stopped calling. Because <laughs> nutrition, hey, Hitch, I've been waiting to ask, I've been waiting to talk to you about medicine on another level. And nutrition, when I go to the doctor and say I want a, I want a clinical nutrition, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Oh, wait, Hitch, there's something else I need. Is to, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this. Yeah. I do a lot of research in medicine on my own. What I've come up to understand is this. The human body is filled with systems. It's <laughs> nothing it. but systems. Now I don't understand. Now, if you drop a pebble in the in the water, yeah, it ripples. The ripples, right? Yeah. I see medicine the same way. See, I don't see how we can go to the doctor and they will, and they, and they don't understand how everything's heart, connected, right? And and the tests aren't based on the whole system. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Uh, you gotta I don't it. understand why there's no medicine that deals with our complete system. Because so, all the curriculum in the medical schools is is uh, paid for and instituted by the pharmaceutical industry, and it's all designed for them to make money. So even if there was a, even if asking for a doctor that looks at all the internal organs as one system, they can't do it. They why can't. not, Hesh? They why? can't because they're not trained that way. They're only trained if you have a headache. Take an aspirin. That'll get rid of your headache. They don't understand that maybe your headache is coming from um, maybe one of your vertebrae is out. Or maybe you ingested something that you should not have and it resulted in a headache. Maybe you strained one of your neck muscles and that elevated up into your head and gave you a headache. But Hesh, isn't there somewhere on the earth where medicine is is looked at in this context because I don't understand how it cannot be. Somewhere there has to be a holistic form of allopathic medicine because well, then they have the testing that's they have the equipment. That's where the naturopaths that's where the naturopaths come in. The only problem is that most medical insurance does not recognize naturopaths. Let me ask you this an internist yeah. Isn't an internist supposed to be the one who looks at the organs as a system? Is that am I wrong? Even yeah, because look at Josh Green. He's an internist. He works in the ER on the Big Island, and this guy is one of the worst of the worst politicians that we could ever hope to get rid of. Because I see, man. <laughs> the, the, the liver, the kidneys. Yeah, the they're heart. all connected. They're all, it's all connected. Yeah. The, the lungs. So how can there be? How, I believe there is one medicine that will cure all things if it's looked at right. And I believe we well, have. I believe they're using these.
system, but they're using it for space medicine. Well, Ayurvedic medicine, which goes back to India, which is hundreds of thousands of years old, is a really good form of medicine. I understand that, but Hesh, I believe they're doing what we're talking about. It's just not public information. No, of think course not. Think about space medicine for a minute. I think space medicine is where they do do it. Maybe. I don't think they use the same protocols that they use in... Um, no, they want to keep. No, they want to keep them healthy, so they That's probably right. give them good nutrition. Hey, I got a board okay, full of calls, man. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you so much for calling. Aloha. There we go. Hello. Hey, Ash. Yes, um, sir. Do you know anything about what's behind all the flap about uh, to get rid of Doctor Oz? Uh, of course, he said stuff about you know, natural nutrition, like eating properly and stuff like that, and they don't like that, so they want to get rid of them. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like it's, it's eating into the pharmaceutical. Yeah, it's, it's, that's where it's at. <laughs> it's, it's just, oh, you you got to love it, man. you got to love it. Hey, you graduated from medical school. We paid for your education. We gave you the information that you learned. You don't dare talk against us. This is basically what they're saying. Oh, I'm... <laughs> I'm shocked, you know. Don't be shocked. It comes with the territory. Hey, I got more calls. Okay, Steve. Hello. <laughs> okay, hello. Hello, hello Ash. Yes. You know, it's amazing that uh, even even if you look back historically, where, look at Germany, right? Yeah. We look at what Hitler did. And today, what Hitler did is approved by by the masses. Yeah. And what determines anything? This is you know what? What Hitler did, he made it legal by turning and making a law to make it legal. So we have the same thing going on today, but where's the mindset of everybody? It's crazy, man. It's crazy, man. Yep, it's nuts yeah. rama And he said, you know what? He said, if you don't vote, you should <laughs> shut your mouth. Yeah, and, right. and you turn around, you go out there, you go to the meetings and all that, and they tell you, you know, sit down and shut up. If not, we're going to take you physically and 86 you out of the premises. Yeah, I know. It's nuts. It's, it's nuts, man. Yep. It's, it's, it's nuts. World's gone to hell in a handbasket. Hey, I, I only got a few minutes left. I got a bail on you. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. Thank, call me in next week. Yeah. Aloha. Okay, one last thing, okay? Throughout the years, the overexposure to antibiotics has led to development of bacteria which are resistant to certain types of drugs, right? Okay. So last year, the WHO, the World Health Organization, they sounded the alarm bell that antibiotic resistance should be taken seriously. Then, according to the CDC, the Centers for Deceit Control and Procrastination, an estimated 23,000 deaths and 2 million illnesses occur every year in the U.S. alone due to the drug-resistant superbugs. 
that have spread to every corner of the world and might lead to many more deaths in the future when antibiotics stop working completely. Okay, so if this happens, otherwise minor bacterial infections will become a life-threatening problem. So our illustrious President Obama says, this is one of the most pressing public health issues facing the world today. And so what he did was he released a five-year action plan to combat the growing public threat. And then to further stress the severity, he asked Congress to double the budget dedicated to that matter to $1.2 billion. So they, the antibiotics, are saving the lives of surface members wounded in battle because they prevent infections in one community from spreading far and wide. That's what he says. And they're also a critical defense against bioterrorism, and quite simply, they're essential to the health of the people, our people and people everywhere, so we should do everything in our power to assure that antibiotics remain effective. Okay, that's what the president said. So most of the money is going to be used to tackle the problem over prescription and misuse of antibiotics as well as the development of new treatments. Now this might sound worthy of applause, but there's some deeper stuff at hand. First of all, studies have shown that the use of antibiotics is often unnecessary. But the doctors prescribe them to patients with viral infections like a cold, which cannot be treated by antibiotics. Next, part of the plan includes a focus on the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which will allow them to continue the antibiotic practices on animals. So this means that Obama is talking out of both sides of his mouth. And his action plan falls short in protecting the people and places an emphasis on antibiotic misuse at the factory farms. So don't you think that the White House really needs to seriously think about that particular aspect of the plan? before it urges Congress to, to consider actually increasing the USDA budget and allow them to keep giving the likes of growth antibiotics to those innocent animals? Hey, that meat that's ingested by humans is not healthy. And that's a major cause for concern. And while the Fraud and Drug Administration has had some success in terms of reducing antibiotics used on animals to promote their growth, the farm industry will still be able to give animals antibiotics to prevent them from becoming sick when they're in crowded conditions. And why would they do that? To make money. So with the action plan in place, the CAFOs, the Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations, will still be allowed to use antibiotics and animal food to prevent sickness. This means that Obama 
is not only full of shit, but his plan leaves the door wide open for the livestock producers to keep using antibiotics for growth as well. When I say growth, what does that mean? That means that you take a little animal, be it a cow, a chicken, a pig, a duck, whatever, and you bring it up to full size in three hours. It's not really three hours. I'm just being sarcastic. But you bring them to full size in time that would never, ever happen naturally. So if the plan allows the root to, the continues to allow the routine feeding of antibiotics to animals that live in the crowded conditions, what? Are you crazy? Our government should be taking steps to reduce antibiotics to protect our health rather than protecting the poor industry practices. Where does it end? If it ever ends, and it never ends, and we get screwed, and there's nothing we can do about it, it's a government of, for, and by the corporation. That's it. There is no other way around it, and I got... One more phone call. And here you are. Yes, Obama is a lying, scumbag, degenerate, communist, pinko pig. <laughs> can, you repeat, can, can you repeat that, please? Obama <laughs> is a lying, scumbag, degenerate, pig, pinko. That needs to be, we got to rid the White House out of this trash come 2006. Well, guess who's next? I, I can't be anywhere. So honest, we can't Hillary Diggory uh, Duck. God. I don't, I, don't, I don't think Hillary's going to win. I hope I not, it's man. Uh, well, that was the deal, because she was going to run against Obama the first time, and then they both disappeared for about a week. And when it came back, Hillary decided not to run, and Obama decided to run. Hillary became the Secretary of State with the assurance that she would be the next president. <laughs> yes, you could be right, brother. You know what? I want to make this a real quick point. If the Republicans start punching at Hillary, she's going to claim that she's a lesbian. Then she'd be untouchable. You know who I like? Who? There, there was a guy who just announced himself, the guy from, the Cuban guy. Marco Rubio. Yeah. I like Marco. I like Ed that Rubio. guy. He yeah. looks really young and he's energetic. I got to read more about him, but, you know, he ain't going to make it, but it's nice that he tried. Keep an eye, keep an eye on <laughs> Donald Trump if he gets into the race. Oh, that would be unique. He, he could buy the elections, bro. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, shit, he could buy the White House and turn it into, a, uh, you know, a, a, a townhouses. You know, he could, like, yeah. he could turn into the, to, to, to the Washington, no. D.C. Kakaako. <laughs> yeah, the Chinese running it. <laughs> you got to love it. Hey, man, I'm running out of time. Take care, bro. All right, brother, love it. All right, Bo. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, so he says with a straight face. Yes, he does with a straight face. You got to get off your butt and take responsibility for you. 
If you have issues that you're concerned about and you got a politician that's running for office, you ask that guy, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And if that guy doesn't side with you, if that guy is strictly for the corporations, you got to get rid of him. I mean, somehow we should get rid of the entire city council and half the senators and half the representatives in Hawaii because they're all hookers for various corporations. And I'm out of time. <laughs> you got to love it. I'm out of time, and i got to go. And I'll be back next week, hopefully. So if I'm not here, then you know who got to me. Anyway, guys, we'll talk a little bit more about how you can take responsibility for your own health and the easiest way to do it next week. Until then, aloha. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Stefan on the American Independence Hour. Um, I am broadcast. I am, first of all, man-made in God's image as per Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. I'm endowed by my Creator with certain unalienable rights as per the second sentence of the Declaration of Independence. And I'm broadcasting from within the borders of the state of Texas a member state of the Perpetual Union styled the United States of America. Some people listening hearing me say that for the first time say, that guy's got to be crazy. And you might be right, but the problem hasn't reached a point where I need to be uh, housed. Um, besides, there's not enough beds for all the crazy people in the world, so we can only put the craziest Got to get them. We may be able to get medical care for them, but for the rest of us, we just have to fumble along as best we can. 
In any case, we're doing that. I'm not going to explain the uh, opening disclaimers. I do that on most programs. I'm not going to explain them again. Uh, we'll just get into the program here. Our guest tonight is scheduled to be Rob West, who is a financial planner located in Colorado, and he will be coming on sometime after the first break, which will take place at the half hour, the bottom of the hour. Uh, uh, right now it's 8.05 my time. It'll be a little after 8.30 that we should get Rob West on the program. Rob and another individual have been doing some research into the effects of the LIBOR in, uh, interest rate scandal. LIBOR, this scandal developed primarily out of Europe, but it involves an artificial manipulation of interest rates on loans that impacts not just European loans, but also American loans. And there have been half a dozen, six or seven uh, cases filed by the United States government against the banks and parties responsible for manipulating these interest rates. In each of these six or seven cases, I don't recall, at least six, maybe seven, governments won and imposed fines that, according to Rob, have run into billions of dollars on the parties responsible, the big banks responsible for manipulating the LIBOR rates. Um, and the point then is that this is a real deal. This isn't just interesting conjecture by patriots, legal reform activists, and so on. The government has assessed criminal penalties against a number of entities and perhaps individuals for falsely manipulating the uh, the interest rates on loans, and this has apparently been going on since the early 1990s. There may be 22 years of loans where the interest rates were manipulated. This manipulation, according to Mr. West, constitutes an act of fraud. The the fraud renders the original loan agreements void ab initio. Mr. West believes that it's possible to go back after those loans as started out looking at mortgages, but it may apply equally to uh, student loans, automobile loans, maybe credit card debts. And there's been some court cases that indicate that Rob may be on the right track here. We're going to talk about that when he, when he gets to the program. Should be about 25 minutes from now, thereabouts. Uh, barring the unforeseen, we don't know for sure what's going to happen here. But when he gets here, he thinks he's got a strategy for restitution, meaning, for example, in the case of a, of a home, it may be possible. He, he and another man that he's working with on this, and Rob has worked financial planning, financial analysis. He worked on Wall Street for years. This isn't somebody who's just showed up and said, hey, I got a cool idea. He's got a serious idea that it might be possible for people who have been paying in on some of these loans 
to argue that because the loans involved a fraudulent interest rate manipulated by, by under LIBOR, that the loans are void ab initio and meaning from the beginning, and that whatever you paid in, it might be possible to recover. Now, that should get some people interested. The idea that you might be able to recover whatever you paid into your mortgage, for example, for the past 22 years. Interesting possibility, and that should whet a lot of people's appetite to hear more, and Rob will be here shortly. Co-host is Frank Stefan. Hello, Frank. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Yourself? Yeah, I can't complain too much. No, you well, could. I can't complain at all, actually. It's kind of fun, you know, like I was saying on one of the other radio programs, I'm 70 years old right now. And, uh, you know, I thought <laughs> for most of my life, by the time you get to be 70, you're really, really old, you know. And they might just as well plant you in the box, nail the lid shut, bury you in the ground because there's nothing left. Actually, it's kind of cool, you know. Um, I've been blessed to be generally healthy most of my life and still probably as near as I understand. You know, you never know for sure what's going on with your health. But in any case, I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of pleased. Hey, 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 guess what? I'm 70 years old and I feel really good. Surprise, surprise. Never expected that to happen. We've got going to talk in our, about the Second Amendment. Now, this is an interesting article. It's from Fox News. And the headline is, Second Amendment advocates push to repeal switchblade other knife laws. All right? Have you seen this article, Frank? No, I, ha- I haven't seen that one. I, I did see a, uh, I think, wow, I've... I I think it was the uh was it the guy in Baltimore they said they found a blade yeah. on him and yeah. uh that that relates to this story. Uh, that's fact. the one I saw about that and I, I just you know, I, I basically shut off Baltimore and shook my head and said, you know, I don't wanna hear any more because this is just you know, this is just bad and worse and it's just you know, everything on the whole thing is just wrong about the whole deal. I, and I don't know what to think. I, I can't imagine this is, uh, you know, everybody just woke up one morning and Baltimore exploded. I, I You know, I think things are, uh, there's things happening behind the scenes that aren't being reported to, to facilitate things like this. And the police are, you know, out of control. And I just read an article today that that documents fairly well. It's not, you know, proof, but it's it's certainly evidence that your average police force now, and that doesn't mean Barney Fife in some, you know, county in the middle of nowhere with, you know, a thousand people, but your normal, you know, cities and, uh, you know, that fifty hundred thousand people, their police forces are better armed better armored than frontline troops in Afghanistan and Iraq were. And and they also carry bullets that are actually outlawed by international law that you can't use in war. You know, so... Like what? I'm not sure what they... They didn't go into the detail what they are. Uh, But I'm I'm guessing that they are probably uh, hollow point. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to use that in... You know, full metal jacket is what 
you're supposed to fight wars with. But, you know, so, you know, this thing it, with the police, the militarization, Jade Helm, Baltimore, gosh, you know, it all just seems, when you look at the, the whole of it, it looks like, wow, is this really, you know, like Arab Spring, is this really some guy just lighting himself on fire? I mean, really? Or is there is there more going on behind, you know, these Ferguson and Baltimore and, you know, on and on it goes. Well, everybody's more sensitive to this right now, and there have been at least warnings and maybe actual instances where some people have started shooting at the cops. Yeah, yeah. The cops, you know, without cops even trying to give you a ticket and people are shooting at them when you're not even getting a traffic ticket or whatever. But um, then again, you know, I read another thing to where from May 5th, now it's already the 12th, but on May 5th, the police in the United States have shot and killed 401 people. As of this year? Yeah. Yeah, the four months so far, you know, that we're in, uh, up to May 5th now. So they're shooting they're shooting roughly 100 people a month. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, they, uh, in, in turn, in turn, I, I believe there's been four of them shot. And they were... Uh, no, six of them shot. Four of them were shot in May, uh, you know, so. No, April. They were shot in April, so they had a bad month in April. But nobody got shot. No cops got shot in the first three months. You know, so uh, the, there's a disparity there. And, uh, you know, the gun advocates, uh, you know, the gun control advocates say, oh, boy, you know, we got to get rid of these guns. They're dangerous. Well, uh they're more dangerous in the hands of police than they are anybody else. So, you know, maybe you want to ban guns. Look there first. And this, I don't know, did this, did this, them wanting to ease up on switchblades and stuff, did that, is that because of this Baltimore thing? Well, it's something that's been touched on, all right, in Baltimore, because Freddie Gray allegedly had a knife. The cops claimed it was illegal. It probably wasn't. All right, but the question becomes what's interesting about this is the Second Amendment protects the right to keep and bear arms. Right. It does not protect the right to keep and bear firearms, which I believe is a completely different definition. And I think it's a Title 26 because I just saw evidence on it oh, in the last day or so, but I can't remember. I don't have the definition sitting in front of me, but here's my point. If the courts are going to have to decide whether the Second Amendment protects our right to keep and bear knives, they say arms. Now, it doesn't just mean guns. It doesn't mean just firearms. Arms. It, right. put, it protects our right to keep and bear bows and arrows, spears, Louisville sluggers that have nails driven through the top of them like some you know, caveman club. All of these are arms, and these cases that are apparently beginning to work their way through the system, when they argue that the Second Amendment protects knives, they're going to bring up the definition of what arms are referred to in the Second Amendment. And it does not apply only to firearms. And it doesn't say firearms. It just says arms. 
Well, I think that's going to open some interesting doors because they're going to have to admit, where did we get this idea of firearms are protected by the Second Amendment? Or where did we get the idea that firearms can be regulated by the federal government or perhaps state governments while arms cannot be regulated? So this is going to be interesting information to me because... You know, we're gonna we're gonna start to dig in and find out what do we mean by arms. Well, you know, I mean that the federal government's regulation of even firearms within the states of the union is dubious at best. Yep. You know, I mean, no, regardless of what they say. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they don't have. You know, where's that come from? I mean, sure, okay, if a state wants to say like, well, and they do. Like here in Oregon, okay, fine. I can I can put a holster on the side of my uh, belt, and I can walk around with a pistol in there, and I don't need a permit. Open carry. But if I go to another state, like California, that's not going to work there. Okay? <laughs> Just tell them you're an illegal alien, and they'll agree that it's okay. Well, they may th- they might then. Yeah. Or, or I'd probably be better just to say no comprende. Uh-huh. See, I've that's... learned that. Yeah, that's you pick these things up over part of our legal strategy. Yeah, you know, but no hablo inglés. <laughs> there you well, wow, you see now. You understand there. the charges against no hablo inglés. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that'll be our proper. We response. could just stick with the Hillary defense and say, you know, I I don't recall. And what difference does it make? Right. What difference does it make? I don't recall. I don't recall. Next time the cop asks you, do you understand you were going you were going 65 in a 50-mile-an-hour zone? Maybe you could just respond and say, what difference does it make? Right. I mean, it worked for Hillary. Maybe it'll work for you folks, too. Huh? And, and you know what? It might, because, really, what difference does it make what I think? Hey, here you are with the blue lights and your tickets slip out. What difference does it make? What you know? What I yeah, exactly. you're going to write the ticket? Now, nevertheless. So well, you know, it does up. make a difference. I think it does make a difference for this reason. I've seen this in I've seen this at least one occasion in my own you know my own experience, and I suspect I know what's happening, or what happened. I don't know it for an absolute fact. But police officers, for example, do you understand, do you know that you were driving 65 in a, you know, in a 55-mile-an-hour zone? Well, I think they're looking for a second witness. Yeah, well, a confession, I mean, is the easiest way to get a conviction. Yeah, yeah. I think they're looking for a second witness. I think a fundamental principle of law that very few people understand I mean, that very few people appreciate, out of the mouths of two or three shall a thing be established. Biblical term, biblical concept goes all the way back into the Old Testament. You need two or three witnesses to establish something, to prove something. If you've only got one witness, I know, because I've read this in Black's Law Dictionary, when you've only got one witness, you have prima facie evidence. You got one person who's prepared to swear that something happened. And although I haven't seen evidence, I haven't seen any anything in in Black's Law Dictionary or anyone anything else that tells me for a fact what probable cause consists of. I strongly suspect that probable cause is two or more witnesses. One witness, I believe, 
is prima facie evidence. I know that to be true, or at least you judge it from what I read in Black's Law Dictionary. But I think you have to have two or more witnesses to constitute probable cause. Um, well, I think that makes sense. Do, I don't know. It if makes they go sense, by that. but I can't prove it. And I don't know if they go by that because I mean they're swearing out warrants on just one supposedly one affidavit. But you know, try to get them to show you that affidavit that you know basically is supporting this warrant. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you've done something there because they don't, uh, you know, they don't come with that, and they're supposed to. You know, they're supposed to say, knock, knock, we've got a warrant to either take you in or search wherever, and uh, here's the warrant, and here is the affidavit, you know, supporting the warrant, you know, creating what they call probable cause. So, I don't know, you know, I mean, it is the biblical, uh, it, it is the law to have two witnesses, but I don't know if they're going by that. Well, I think this is where it goes. Everybody's heard the, or just about everyone who's listening to this program has heard that the prosecutors have discretion as to what cases they're going to prosecute. For example, if I walk in the door and I complain that uh, that Mayor Smith has committed some interesting uh, but illegal act, the prosecutor has discretion as to whether or not he's going to try to prosecute Mayor Smith or not. Now, in some instances, wherever they have discretion, they you walk in the door, and if they uh, seemingly like you, they might prosecute the criminal charges on your behalf. Or, if they don't like you and you're politically incorrect or whatever, they won't prosecute. What do you suppose that discretion is based on? I have no idea. I think it's one witness. Okay. I think if you walk in the door and you are the only witness, and I can't prove this, this is pure conjecture and speculation, but I think they have discretion. Got one person who walks in the door and says, that guy stabbed me with a knife. Well, maybe they can, the prosecutor has discretion. He could go yes, he could go no. I believe that discretion is based on one witness. Well, but if there was a second witness that came in and said, "Yeah, that's that," we I I saw him do it. I saw Mayor Smith pull out his switchblade and stab this guy, and the guy is that got stabbed. He's complaining, and we've got at least one witness now. Out of the mouths of two or three, shall a thing be established? I think I suspect that the prosecutor no longer has discretion. Hmm, that's an interesting idea. You know, I it'd be and great what does it imply? What does it imply? It implies that if you want to make a criminal allegation stick, you better walk into the you better walk into the prosecutor's office with two or more affidavits, one from you and one from at least one other witness and maybe another one from a third witness. And you can see this, I mean most of the people listening to this program You've at least heard stories where people in the legal reform community or the patriot community have tried to charge the mayor, the congressman, the senator, somebody, impose some criminal charge on them. (laughs) And you basically get laughed out of the prosecutor's office. Well, it may be that you're still going to get laughed out. You can not only file your criminal charge, say, well, I was listening to Alfred Adams, and they'll say, Alfred Adams, are you crazy? Um, you may still get laughed out of the prosecutor's office, 
But I suspect that if you go into the prosecutor's office with another, a second witness, maybe a third witness, I think you can strip them of that, of that discretion, and I think it's, it's conceivable that it might be enough to mandate you are going, Mr. Prosecutor, I've got two other witnesses here with me, and you don't have any discretion in this case. And that means because we, and, I'm, and I believe that because I've got a couple of witnesses, you have no discretion. If you wanted to refuse to prosecute this case, you shouldn't be surprised if I wind up suing you or filing criminal charges against you. Now, I, I hope this is true because, you know, the, uh, the, the, one of the huge problems is the prosecutorial discretion. Yep. You know, and, and, the, and the manipulation of the grand jury. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it all revolves out of the the DA's office, and they mm-hmm. have far too much discretion Absolutely. in the way they conduct business. And everybody who's listening to this program has heard stories, you know, real or apocryphal, whatever, where somebody has tried to file criminal charges on somebody in government, and they just get laughed out. I think the reason is you've only provided prima facie evidence when you provide, when you're the only witness. And I think that gives them their discretion. And if you want to strip them of their discretion, then I think what you've got to do is you've got to walk in the door with a couple of witnesses. Now you might be able to force them to do something. And again, that's speculation. I don't know that to be true, well, but it, it makes sense to me. It certainly couldn't hurt. You know, no. I mean, it would certainly yeah, not... have to strengthen your possibilities of, of getting it through. But when you say it couldn't hurt, you got to be careful with all of this. You know, this is, again, do your little dance, and you've got to uh, you've got to be careful. To, it's like doing the money hop. You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you got to do it exactly right if you oh, want to okay. get out of it. Okay, let me rephrase that. When I meant it, it couldn't hurt. I mean that in the same sense that buying a gun couldn't hurt. Unless, of course, you stick it to your head and pull the trigger. Well, don't do it, that, okay? Yeah, I know. You know? So, probably don't do it where you stick it to other people's heads also. <laughs> you know. Because that will hurt them as well as you. So anytime you talk to the prosecutor or get yourself anyway involved in the judicial system, it can hurt it can be troublesome so yeah you do have to be careful you pick this thing up it's like picking up hand grenades that you find out in the front lawn uh you know take a look is it kind of smoking yeah smoke emanating from the hand grenade probably shouldn't shouldn't pick it up leave it alone you know where i'm going with this is is that if you and you have a couple other witnesses to back you up to an alleged criminal act Number one, better make sure everybody's affidavits are describing the same event consistently. It does not mean that the words are identical in all three affidavits, but it does mean you all agree that the guy rode up on a bicycle. Mm -hmm. All right? Not a tricycle, not a motorcycle. Not one guy says, well, it was a motorcycle. The other, you're going to have to be consistent, and at the same time, you're going to probably want to watch out if there's two or more. You're going to be, want to make certain you know what you're doing here, because otherwise it might be evidence of a conspiracy. Right. All right? 
So we got two or more people participating in these allegations. All right. We are going to have to be very careful to establish that there is no agreement here. These are simply consistent statements of observed truth. I saw this happen. Frank saw this happen. We don't exactly agree, but we, you know, we saw it a little different from different angles. But the same date, same time, same place, same events, we saw this. He saw it. I saw it. All right. You're going to have to do it in a way that makes clear that you're only doing this as a witness. You're not doing this as part of an agreement with any other parties. I don't know. You know, because you have to deal with government in a way that makes all of us a little bit paranoid. Well, you know, it's better paranoid than sorry. Yeah, I agree. You know, you know, it's like they say. You know, the price of the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Well. Eternal vigilance is not far removed from persistent paranoia. No. All right? It's just a nice name. We're a little paranoid, but we're going to, you know. So I'll tell you what. We are on the verge of, well, what have we got, 45 seconds before yeah, we take about our, that. our commercials? And when we take our commercials, we're going to hope that Rob West calls in after uh, during the commercials or wherever and when he as soon as he gets on the line then we'll start talking about foreclosure and the the LIBOR debt scandal and some of the implications there and if he's out for dinner or whatever else it may be a little who knows it may be later yet before we get Rob on the phone but we're hoping to get him here you know at the onset of the next next half hour of the program. I'm Alfred Addis here with Frank Stefan on the American Independence Hour. We will be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold 
gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Frank Stefan on the American Independence Hour. Our guest, Rob West, has arrived. Let me uh, scroll down here. Just... Rob West is a senior financial strategist and co-founder of RME Advisors, which is a limited liability corporation and financial preservation network, another limited liability corporation. Uh, RME Advisors, the Rocky Mountains, what is it, Rob, RME? Rocky Mountain Educational Advisors. Yep. Okay, Educational Advisors. Welcome to the program. Appreciate you coming on here today. Um, we talked to Rob earlier today on Financial Survival Program that we goes out 3 o'clock Central Time in the afternoon. And I talked to Rob three, four weeks ago about his discoveries, his research concerning foreclosure, for example, but not limited to foreclosure. And, and Rob seems to have stumbled onto a very interesting strategy that everybody's got to approach this with a certain amount of you know caution. But it implies that most of the loans that people have participated in since the early 1990s may be void because of fraud. And Rob's not an attorney, right? He's not a licensed attorney, but he's been involved in uh, financial expertise. He's been developing his financial expertise over a period of 50 years. He's worked on Wall Street. He's worked uh, here, there, wherever. This, he, there's, there's good reason to believe that what he's describing here is accurate. Having said that, why don't you walk us through what, what, we're, what, are, we, what are we talking about and what is it that you've discovered and how does it apply? Well, Al, I think let's start with um, when money's introduced into the system around the world, it's almost always comes in the form of being loaned into the system. So that brought about what interest rates should be charged for the money that's being loaned into the system. And the LIBOR interest rate, LIBOR stands for the London Interbank Offered Rate, is a composite of up to 18 banks that have a presence in London, being the original money center. And on a daily basis, they submit what they thought uh, they would charge for different loans uh, based on safety and 
be and a number of other factors. And it's short-term and long-term money. And so that LIBOR rate then is used around the world to establish interest rates for a whole plethora of different financial instruments. It could be savings accounts, annuities, loans, car loans, student loans, credit cards. Most all of these derive an interest rate based on the LIBOR. problem was a few years ago it became known to the Department of Justice and the FBI that that rate had been rigged. And, in fact, the Department of Justice and the FBI have now seven criminal convictions um, in, the, in the international marketplace that's brought around billions of dollars of fines. And what I've done is research that information and found court testimony and in the testimonies a different it was the, the one that dealt with Bank of Japan is where I found it was admitted that this isn't new, it's been around since 1991 and it's more or less expected when these rates are established and Al, if you were Barclays Bank and I was Credit Suisse and we were entering uh, our rates for the day I might need a favor, and you say okay, and you would uh, make an adjustment um, three or four or five basis points up or down, depending on what would benefit me being Credit Suisse. Can you and tell us later, what a basis point is, Rob? <clears throat> yeah, um, if you take 1% and divide it into 100 units, each unit then would be a basis point. So one quarter of a percent is 25 basis points and so forth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't take much of a tick on a basis point basis to make me look really good at Credit Suisse and vice versa back to Barclays and so forth. And because we're talking about trillions of dollars here. And so this was admittedly in court commonplace, but unknown. <clears throat> so. And by unknown, you mean unknown to the people that are ultimately agreeing to borrow currency from the banks. They don't understand that LIBOR can be manipulating this interest rate up and down just on the basis of, say, 25 basis points. Yeah, actually, the large banks know because they are participants, including Chase and City and guys we know here at ARC. Our communities, you know, Bank of America and so forth, they knew it. They were they were helping, you know, move this rigging along. But what caught my attention was some time ago I was working with a nonprofit housing foundation in Virginia, and Carlos Cato was the brain trust behind that, and he was telling me about this, and I just really at first didn't get it, and then. Subsequently, I did, and then I started looking into it more and more and more. And I just didn't like the idea of people getting their cars repossessed and their houses uh, foreclosed on and so forth because the loan they were dealing with, taking it back through the criminal code, not into the civil side, under 18 U.S.C. Section 3771 and others, uh, it definitely identified these libel problems as creating counterfeit instruments. And so the counterfeit instruments being used in any contract isn't valid from the beginning 
and they really these loans really should not have made it off the closing table. But so many people think, yeah, I got behind or this or that or something. I have a, a court case from the Ninth uh, Circuit Court uh, of Appeals that confirms what I've been researching and what Carlos and I have been working on, and the fact that the judge very clearly overturned a lower court decision from a lady having a late payment. Her name is Helen Galupe, and she appealed it. And at the end of the day, the Galupe case, even in court, however not well publicized, it stated that um, in, in, in layman's terms, it doesn't matter if she was late or not. It doesn't matter if she made any interest payments. The situation was she had injury, and it occurred when she purchased a loan, not upon payments of the LIBOR-affected interest rates. So what people have not really aligned, I believe, is when you're making a major purchase for, a, for goods or services or real estate, you first shop for an instrument to finance it. That's all you need to know about this LIBOR fraud. When I go shopping, I expect not to get a lemon loan. And because of the LIBOR fraud and the convictions from the Department of Justice, those loans are lemon loans. And you're and saying on top of that, when I go shopping looking for a loan, I talk to the first national bank and the second national bank and the third national bank to see who's going to give me the best deal. But what you're implying, at least, is that because LIBOR is manipulating the rates, the interest rates across the board, all three of those banks are not going to give me the best possible deal. I'm going to be obligated to pay more than the free market might otherwise require because the prices are being manipulated, the interest rates are being manipulated by LIBOR. Am I correct? Well, you've... You know, you're on about third base there, but let me take you around home plate. Go ahead. Thanks, because the manipulation occurred, you may be, you might be paying more, you might be paying less. The thing is, you don't know, but it really doesn't matter. When we can identify your loan in these securitization pools, then we know the process of securitization <clears throat> have the effects of LIBOR on the trillions of dollars and they're all in all these tranches. So I can't say if you got a better deal or a worse deal on, on a loan. What I can tell you is the courts decided just because it was known and convicted that it's a counterfeit instrument. And there's so many loans out there. You know, I mean, you can just, like we were talking about earlier today, 500 to 800 trillion just in derivatives. There'd be no way that you'd have enough time to investigate each one. So, as Carlos puts it, if you remember having vehicles that may have had trouble with airbags, and what did they do with those vehicles? That they recalled them all. Yeah. Maybe maybe only five percent of them were wrong, but it doesn't matter. And that's the same thing under Title 18 of the Criminal Code. They're all recalled. Now the banks could fix this if they would step up, but. They're not, and they're covering up. And what they would rather have is folks not familiar with the industry wouldn't know. I've had a number of people that they're getting behind and they're looking for a modification and they're just really worried, and the banks say, we can't help you unless you're 90 days late. 
Well, the reason they say that is because after 90 days, insurance pays off that loan, whether it's a counterfeit loan or not, they get paid. But then after that, they'll move you through different gyrations, and at the end of the day, they really want to take your property again and resell it for more profit. This has been the game that's been going on, and we've cocked them at it many, many times. Carlos's company is very good at identifying these frauds. So it's really, like we were saying earlier, Al, it's such a magnitude of thought to think about all of these. You know, there's 1.3 trillion just in student loans. Yeah, you know, which is at, roughly the amount of uh, of money that China has loaned us, and they're holding 1.2 trillion or thereabouts in U.S. Treasuries. And people say, "Oh my gosh, if China ever dumps those Treasuries all at the same time, those bonds." They could collapse the economy. Well, something similar is there if the students, American students, just say, we're out of here, we're not paying. My point is, this is this is significant. Right? This isn't just, uh, you know, people, we aren't even impressed by $1.2 anymore. Rob, uh, Rob, I've got a question. When you, when you said the banks could step up and, and fix this, uh, could they really? I mean, because... Like just the mortgages, they've chopped them up and spread them out, and uh, and they can't show half the paperwork they're supposed to show. Could they, if they wanted to, fix this, well, or is it too far gone? Well, I I think that things have been so partitioned out. When things hit the securitization pool back in the eighties, when I was a stockbroker, I used to sell mortgage-backed securities, and they come out to us in one thousand dollar increments. So you could have theoretically a $500,000 loan owned by 500 investors, you know. But see, once it's in that investment pool, if anyone's going to defend the late payment on the loan, it should be the trustee or someone acting in behalf of the certificate holders. And they act like that doesn't happen. And you should see the stuff behind the scenes and the paperwork that we've had. <clears throat> Working with a client right now, uh, that just, they don't even have the right name on the deed to foreclose. I mean, the paperwork is just hideous on the backside. But anyway, it, you know, we could just make it a Well, we've short. heard about this, and it was a big deal. That they, they referred to it as fraud closure, and what it amounted, at least part of the problem, one of the problems, is they had automatic signature devices, signing devices. It was just signing a document after document after document. It appeared to be real signatures, but in fact, no loan officer had read these documents to see if uh, if he really certified, yeah, this is a real deal, this one's okay, this one's, this one's not okay, I'm not going to sign that one. There's no, there was no human interaction. Hey, the president they, has a pen like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it writes in invisible ink sometimes, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, you know, if, if um, we've been working very hard, and I was talking with Carlos earlier this afternoon in between our shows here, there's a lot done in the reverse mortgage world as well. And in the reverse world, if you're familiar with those terms, senior people can stay in their property until the last one leaves, being a husband and wife, perhaps. <clears throat> and, uh, but... Even those things have been encroached upon, and um, foreclosures after dad dies and mom still lives there started to pop up because they wanted to resell the property. 
And it's just wrong. And he was on Capitol Hill in the last day and a half in, in front of HUD and other representatives to, you know, really identify this problem. And, and earlier in the year, Carlos and his group was in Senate and congressional hearings exposing exactly what you and I are talking about. And, you know, to the shock, you know, most of the Congress people said, well, we've never heard of this. Well, they called the Department of Justice and FBI and verified their story and called back the next day and said, you know, you're right, this does exist. And Carlos said, do you think I'd go through five checks and three pat-downs to come in here and just to talk to you guys about a lie? <laughs> this is serious stuff. But, you know, it gets into the political framework, and these guys don't want to, particularly now with an election year coming up, and they don't want to upset anything with their PAC money and all that kind of thing. And so it's... We're just working as hard as we can to bring exposure to the problem, and ultimately it should uh, help lean it to our favor, uh, at least to the point where, if, frankly, if you follow through the violations under Title 18, all the money you put in down payment, all the money in acquiring, all the money you put into a mortgage payment, all of that's refunded, the balance of the loan gets completely expunged as if it did not exist. And if you had any other damages subsequent to um, the effect of that uh, counterfeit loan, then there's been a few cases we've calculated up over $2 million in damages because of elder abuse. And uh, and even people that's had their homes foreclosed on, they've, been, they've moved out two years ago. They're eligible to come back and see why they got taken advantage of by a counterfeit instrument, which isn't even valid to make a contract, much less throw them out of their house. Well, so, there's another form of damages might be to their credit rating, I'm guessing. Is that true or false? Well, that's very much true, and Carlos's group brought something else that we're really focusing on. I don't know if you or anyone you know of actually consented in writing to have your personal financial information collected, manipulated, resold for profit without your without your um, authorization. Well, no. Okay, TransUnion, Equifax, you know. No, they do that on a regular basis, and they have people participating to throw in periodically your payment history without your authorization. Well, you know what, guys? They started this back in the 70s, but here now in the 90s and on, that's classically the definition of identity theft. So we're preparing complaints to send to the three bureaus to cease and desist, and I want to know all the money you made off of reselling my credit information, and you owe me that money plus 6% interest and until I give you written permission, I better not be in that database any place at all. And if you want some really good guidelines, go to Dun and Bradstreet because that's what they do, and they get your permission. We have never gotten—I've never given permission for anything like that. So even the negotiation for the loans that you've done in the past is based on your credit score. If you never even authorized that to be in existence, you may or may not have gotten a fair shake right from the beginning. Well, it raises the question of who really is authorized to determine what your credit score is 
yeah. and what are the rules for making that determination. And I'm not even sure where you go in terms of bias, uh, whether it's arbitrary. Um, I mean, you guys are off on an extraordinary path right now. Well, you know, the banking system has been a rule since 1971, you know. So you know how that all started. And then in 99 with the repeal of the uh, Glass-Steagall Act and then, uh, you know, between 2008 and, and current day, I mean, the money supply in the United States has been increased 400%. So that's what led us into our other topic. We were talking about the currencies and the world reserve currencies and the dominance thereof. And China's really moving up. And as we talked earlier today, that in itself is a huge problem for everybody. So, you know, I used to, I was a certified, uh, financial planner for 25 years, and I wrote financial plans, estate plans. I was a state planning paralegal. In my office, I had attorneys and CPAs working, and we had a pretty decent practice going. But I never even given a thought to a credit rating being manipulated uh, and unauthorized. I never even thought about you know, the currency fluctuations. I mean, I was busy running my practice. Quite frankly, if someone came to me with my story back in the day, I wouldn't have even listened because that interfered with my financial practice. Yep. That's what we're running into today. Sure. So It must, you know, it's uh, none of their call a treason because if it profiteth, it can't be treason. If you're making a buck, I, I can't be, I can't be treason. Uh, it's the way people think. It's just natural way. If I'm making a dollar, it must be okay. Well, I know you folks concentrate on a whole lot of very good topics, and it, you know, lately I've been hearing and doing some research on what we'll be moving into a digital currency. Well, mm -hmm. the currency by the Federal Reserve is not constitutional anyway. What do you think a digital currency is? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just all kinds of problems with with that. But anyway, we just need to, I believe, your show, Al, and, and you and uh, Melody and you know, other shows like that, and we just need to get more exposure and more awareness because if the people, you know, like you were talking about the Trans-Pacific deal and all that kind of I mean, I understand. Yeah, I know you guys. I'm keeping I'm, you know, you guys are the choir there. But... Um, we can make a difference, but we... Well, there's all sorts of... This is this is so enormous. I mean, you have, you have done the equivalent of discovering nuclear fission, all right, except in, in relationship to the financial institutions right now. If your argument is correct, there's not a valid loan. Well, I don't know. Maybe there are. Are there any valid loans over the course of the last... Since the early 1990s? Are there any loans? People have loans that no, this 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 loan is not affected by LIBOR, and therefore we don't have we can't make a a complaint about the uh, the nature of the loan. Well, there there probably is, and our our sweet spot in in identifying these problems are looking at the Wall Street's approach to creating and securitizing the loans. And we know that those are affected by a liable. But if I would go buy a house and do a land contract with a guy, and that would be a mortgage, you know, that would, 
for some of the smaller savings and loans that my portfolio and it was really their money they loaned you know for, the, for your house and stuff like that you know those things you know I, I would think they would be very dependable but <clears throat> it's amazing what Carlos's company has found um, just looking through closing documents and like I mentioned earlier the lenders have approached Congress and were given the okay to take the closing documents and start to shred them uh, after the 30th of next month of June. And what they're wanting to do is obviously destroy the evidence, but what they're telling Congress is that, wow, there's just so many of them, we can't afford to store them, you know? Well, anyway, just all kinds of... Um, no, I understand, and this is evidence, the fact Congress is participating in the destruction of evidence of criminal activity. And they have right. to be, I mean, somebody's paid the Congress off handsomely, I'm going to assume, for, for agreeing to allow the destruction of evidence. You can't just, I mean, if the paperwork is too big a burden for the banks or whoever to deal with, it, it just can't be that way. Somebody's got to keep these original documents, and you're saying that Congress is authorized that starting after June 30th, the banks can destroy the original documents, and that will restrict, at least inhibit, our ability to prove that these loans are fraudulent. Right. Is that true? That's true. And actually, you know, in my experience, I wouldn't be surprised if an awful lot of that has not been done already. I know a whole lot of things with Countrywide has gone through a shredder. Yeah. And it's been that way for a long time. But Oh, I, uh, I suppose that there's... I don't think they can necessarily even find all these documents. Tell you the truth, if they've got so many, that gee, it's a problem. It's like sorting through your library or something. You've got stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of documents. And where is document number zero zero seven 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 eight two three? Where is that? Doc? I think it was over here. I think no, it was over there. You right. can't even keep track of where they are to destroy them. It's almost like you need to fly a drone into the building and just make the whole thing burn up and be done with it. Let's Rob, take a break I, for some. Oh, why I, don't we, I had Frank, why don't you hold on to that right. question until we get back uh, for the second hour of the program. Um, take a break. We'll be right back with Rob West and Frank, Stefan, and myself. I'm Alfred Addis here on the American Independence Hour. Stay tuned.
Denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. and this is the American Independence Hour. My co-host is Frank Steffen, and our guest is Rob West, senior financial strategist and co-founder of RME Advisors and also Financial Preservation Network. These are two limited liability uh, corporations. Uh, You can reach Rob. You can visit his website at www.rmeadvisors.com. 
and you'll find all of the contact information there. Uh, you can send him an email at rob at fpnsolutions.com. That's rob at fpnsolutions.com. And uh, Rob will give you all this contact information again at least once before this program is over. What we've been talking about in the first, in the last half hour, is that Rob and others have discovered that the manipulation of interest rates under LIBOR, which is the London Interbank, what, do you remember, Rob? Can you tell me what the yeah, LIBOR... Offered. Yeah, offered rate. Okay, LIBOR Interbank Offered Rate. Then that number, that interest rate has been manipulated for since the early 1990s, and that manipulation constitutes evidence of fraud. And insofar as you may have a, a debt for a mortgage or a student loan or an automobile payment, or perhaps, I don't know if this applies to credit card debts, does it, does it apply? Okay. If you've taken out those loans in the last 20-some years... Rob believes there's an opportunity to have those loans declared void in court, void ab initio, and this lays a foundation for you, arguably, to recover whatever you paid on those loans. And the implication is, suppose you had been paying $2,000 a month in your home for the past 10 years on a mortgage translates into 24000 a year as a mortgage payment. Over 10 years, that's $240,000. Rob thinks it might be, or you correct me if I'm misstating this, but my understanding is that Rob thinks that it may be possible for you to regain the 240000 that you paid into the house and keep the house because the original loan was based on fraud. Is that roughly correct, Rob? That's very true, and I might add, I haven't made this known to uh, as many people as I'm in the making of, but I've used uh, the methods that Carlos's company has, and I can, in fact, uh, give you evidence that I've had a $96,000 loan uh, written off um, just uh, in February. Yeah, what do we own. mean by written off? Uh, well... They did is they sent me a 1099C and just hoped I go away. So um, I'm not going away because I know what to do next. And they would like for me just to go away and not pursue damages and get full restitution. So uh, we've been writing letters back and forth and copying the governor and the, the attorney general and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And I said, look, thank you for this 1099-C. I need to have a copy of uh, the, or I need to have my original note returned to file in Douglas County, Colorado, land records, which I do. And they wrote back and said, well, we can't send it to you because um, it was never recorded. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and once again, they would just hope you'd go away. I said, no, this isn't true. 
about 10 days later, they sent me a copy of the note. Yeah. But on the top, first page, right-hand corner, there's three inches left there for a recording stamp, and there was no stamp there. And once again, they hope I'm going to go away. Well, I don't think so. Because, first of all, when you talk about closing a loan, and if you see the paperwork, uh, you'll notice an 18-digit MERS number or MIN number. It's the Mortgage Electronic Registration System. And a lot of times, before you even sign your closing papers, your loan may have been sold two or three times that day. And once you put ink on the paper, you really create a bond. And then MERS takes it, and they pass it around electronically and sell it. And the reason is, if you take a 30-year mortgage at 5%, you might have, if you kept it to term, it'll take you almost a million five to pay it off. So they really have an instrument that's worth a million five at 5%. And so they buy and sell it among their member banks without recording it in land records. And I know for a fact that's what they did with mine because I know exactly what steps that loan went through. And I know what tranche of securities that it should have been in. So now I'm pinning them to the... And what I'm doing with Carlos's company's help is I'm sending out these polite requests, copying the Bureau, polite requests, copying the governor. And the more they lie to me, that adds to uh, my damages. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I got a hell of a bargaining chip, and these guys don't even know it. And they're stupid. Well, well, I'm sure they are. This is as bewildering to the rank-and-file individuals who are trying to execute, who are down there in the trenches executing this fraud. I doubt, do you think they understand that they're doing anything fraudulent or illegal? Or are they well, as surprised to find out they're they're a bunch of crooks as you were to discover the strategy? Well, you know, the average person, this is just, you know, I want a new house. My wife likes the kitchen, and let's sign and get it, you know. And uh, but I'll tell you, a friend of mine, his name is Dave Krieger, and he has the uh, uh, book called Clouded Titles, and he's very heavily involved in and being a paralegal as well as an author to move within these ranks using attorneys to file for quiet title actions. And so the work we're doing on the criminal side is quite parallel with what they're doing on the civil side. But our our methods are, well, not my methods, it's just the financial fraud company. We don't need to engage attorneys, and it's a lot less expensive. Uh, and we do give free looks to see if you know, if it's even worth pursuing or not, and and, and all that. We, we really, uh, Carlos has come to mind as well. We're, this is, believe me, it's not a profit center for us, but the more I'm finding out, I believe I can bring some money into the, the company because I'll finally get this book finished. But I just don't like standing by and watching people suffer grand theft, uh, real estate, grand theft auto, and the shenanigans that I know these guys pull. And like I mentioned earlier that we're working closely with a uh, Denver University attorney who is also a law professor in real estate. And uh, so we're working in conjunction with him on a lot of our research. And um, so, but, you know, I would just 
want to reach out to anyone listening. To, if they want more information, be happy to share anything. And the end game for us, what we're really wanting to do, is get the attention so that someone investigates it, you know. And during the investigation, put off foreclosures, put off repos, you know, uh, because they're not they're they're not warranted. <clears throat> There's even a section in the the code. Thinking through this, we need the help of the politicians. And unfortunately, I'm not real impressed even with the exchange of the guard there with the Republicans. No one seems to have the wherewithal to stand up for the Constitution. That would fix a whole lot of problems. That would fix it. But we need to get them on board, and particularly going into election year, like I said, they're worried about their election money and whatever. There is a section in the United States Code, I think it's Section 284, if I'm not mistaken. Of what, Title 18? Title 18. Yeah. says that um, from the President of the United States on down, any crime um, that is subject to a federal conviction, which these are, he can delegate from the President to the White House down, 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 down delegate the remedy. So at the end of the day, your county commissioner could set aside your loan, and the president and all his boys that don't want to ruin their PAC money, they just said, look, we identified this, we passed it out, and that's what those guys decided. Well, keep your PAC money, but let you know the county sheriff or the county commissioner, let them take the credit for setting aside the fraudulent document. See? So... We, I, this is what I want to get in front of these guys. Don't turn your head. Believe me what I say. Just start an investigation. And we'll help you take it down to the local level and let it be settled there. And you guys, when you run for re-election, you can just say, wow, yeah, I knew about this stuff. I turned it on to my best right-hand people, and they just took care of it. So they don't, you know, that's what is it when you go to court, guilty or not guilty or no, no Yeah. I mean, the thing is, let's just get this fixed. And but, Yeah, but here's the problem. This, the problem you're describing is such an incredibly massive fraud that we can't fix this any easier than we can fix a crack addict by just saying, well, we'll just stop taking crack. No, the crack addict is addicted to the to the crack, and you can't just shut this shut the supply off cold turkey without getting an extraordinarily bad reaction from the crack addict. And the same thing is true with our financial system. You're on to a level of fraud that's monumental right now, and it's not just a small thing. It is systemic fraud. It's not like we can just point to one bank or a couple of banks that, well, these guys are bad. No, the whole system is fraudulent. And if your ideas are allowed to propagate, the system itself is in jeopardy. Or, well, yeah, I understand. That, well, I was thinking if I, now I'll tell you what. Uh, Senator Rand Paul is totally on board with investigating and doing something about this. He was one of the few on Capitol Hill. Uh, Carlos told me that he was just so impressed that he took them seriously and he took notes at the meeting and, you know, 
So, um, but um, listen, I, I here could be an issue or an answer. It's something so large like this that you know would have such effect. Should it be corrected under the criminal code? I wouldn't be surprised if Congress couldn't pass some legislation to say, you know, you may have been affected, and so we don't know for sure, but we're going to redo all your loans, and we're going to give you 30000 in cash, but frankly, they don't care. They make it out of thin air anyway. And then at the end of the day, um, we're going to uh, cut your, your loan payments by 35%, and... Uh, I'm the politician that helped that get through, and I really hope you vote for me. Well, that isn't nearly the remedy that you could get if you follow through the criminal code. But, you know, everybody... Well, any looked- remedy is, you know, any remedy is good remedy, so I took what I could get. Yeah, I took what I could get. And yeah. they looked at me with their big brown eyes and said, ha-ha, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know, <laughs> we have... I talked to a forensic document examiner back several years ago, and it turns out that that's really a fascinating study. And they explained to me that some original documents, if they just have a a couple of new smudge marks on them, somebody made some notes, wrote a little note on it, see John or whatever it is, on the side of it. It's no longer no longer qualifies as an original document and it is arguably counterfeit. Right? And part of where I'm going with this is you talked earlier about they were going to destroy original documents if they could find them. Government has authorized the banks to destroy some of these original closing documents. Well, I don't think I don't know if that necessarily solves their problem. It may reduce their liability to what's happened in the past. It may be that it will be more difficult for people to get restitution for what they've paid. But once they admit that they don't have the original closing documents, and we're not talking about copies and photocopies and all the rest of that. If they don't have the original with the wet ink signature on them, they have no right to continue collecting on the debt. Whoever's got those original documents, they're the one that has the right to collect on the debt. And if they don't have those original documents, they may be collecting, but that collection is probably fraudulent. And once they admit they don't have these original documents... Where do they get any authority to collect on the debt? That was uh, that was where my question revolved around. With uh, if they do destroy these documents, who has the burden of proof in this whole thing? Do like would I have to prove that hey you're a fraud, or would you have to prove, or would the banks have to prove they're not a fraud? And then say, well, you can't prove I am because I destroyed all the evidence. Well, you know, I, I'm just, some of those things I just don't venture into because they're a little bit above my pay grade. That sounds like kind of legal opinion there. But, uh, you know, I um, I think a lot of these things, they just deserve merit to be to be looked into, uh, period. And uh, um, interesting enough, so many people went through a, a rash of things. Like the reason I got that 96.5 released here is that I was on it 
for a long time, but I didn't get on the right trail until Carlos's company came around. And but it went from Greenpoint, which went out of business, went to Countrywide, which went out of business, went to Bank of America. Bank of America, I, when I found out was going on, I voluntarily quit paying on it. And it put it into, you know, obviously a collection state. They sent it to another company and at the servicer in Texas, and they sent it to Auckland. Okay, so I've been through five of these things. Now, here's the deal. Greenpoint Countrywide, they're both defunct corporations. And if, if I did not get the remedy, which was just the release so far, I'd go back because there's a section of the criminal code that says that a defunct corporation, when it's dead, no one can present any loans, notes, or obligations of that defunct corporation and collect on them, period. It's a crime. So if they had, if, if I would have to do that, then I want to see the minutes of the Greenpoint meeting and my exact loan number and how it got to Countrywide and what did Countrywide buy it for. And then Countrywide, when they went out of business, I want to see their corporate minutes and the exact same process. And I also want to authenticate who's signing the minutes because I don't want some robo-signer from MERS to be creating paper that I know has already been destroyed. So there are ways to do this. And uh, I, you know, um, was retired. I'm not so much now anymore, but um, I just enjoy this research. <laughs> well, you know, that actually, that 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 makes some sense to me because, I can imagine how much time you must spend researching this subject. And I know that you're making your information available. If I understand correctly, you're making your information and your search available for free to anybody who wants to take a look at it. Am I mistaken? No, that's, that's correct. So Am I was I wondering, where do you find the time to do all of this research? And now I understand. You're coming back out of retirement. And uh, you get yourself a new, <laughs> you get yourself a new job, even though you may not be being paid for it, but uh, gives you something to do. And well, quite some time ago, we formed Army Advisors over seven years ago, and Sherry Peterson, my partner, and I, our intent was. I knew this financial debacle was coming around, and back then I was encouraging people, if it was appropriate, to do a reverse mortgage while they had equity in their property and put it into gold and silver. Mm -hmm. And it made a very good strategy, and a few did, uh, frankly, but most senior people, um, you know, they don't like debt of any kind, and so, and if it's not appropriate to suggest reverse, but you know, after we got our clocks cleaned in '08 and '09, and all the real estate values tanked so so much, a whole lot of people said, "I wish I'd have done that," because look what my gold and silver would be worth. Yeah. Well, anyway, but um, it was we. Our intent was to organize a company and help people as best as we could, because Perry's a minister and a counselor. And I got the uh, financial background. And uh, so we have a charitable foundation set up, but it's just not as well funded because we've been fighting all these financial wars and and everybody else is, you know, you can imagine that. But that was our intent. It was really to kind of make it a hobby business in in that sense. Uh, But we take it a lot more seriously now. And now that uh, Carlos's company is uh, reaching out and doing what they're doing with their political uh, influence and their 
Carlos has a little think tank there in uh, Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia, and they come up with some real amazing things. And that's how I found out about um, the um, Equifax and Trans. You know, no one asked permission for you to even have a credit score. And so that's identity theft. And you should see them scoring when they get the, the certified mail that has these uh, criminal charges against them. Yeah, but they do. Why, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, you can't refute it. You know, yeah, this is, show me the paperwork that I signed, you know? Let me ask you this. I'm looking at the letter that you sent to Governor of New Hampshire, and I can't think of her name right off the top of my head. Uh, Hassan um, sent her an extensive letter, a three-page letter, that explains the basis of your complaints and the legal and the basis for your legal strategy here. And you're asking her to investigate to see if this is valid and so on. And you list a number of things that would be true if it turns out that these loans, if they were based on fraud. You're saying they do not legally legally exist as they're considered counterfeit instruments in 18 U.S.C. 470, the criminal code. Uh, a reasonable person would not have purchased a defective and illegal financial instrument. I think you missed one word. I might have said I, w I would have added the word knowingly. But the point here is if there's anything sneaky going on, it's not being revealed in the agreement. There can't be a contract. There can't be a meeting of the minds. That's at least one implication. I don't know if that necessarily applies, but you defective legal financial instrument can't be used to legally bind a contract. It can't be used to foreclose on a property. It can't be used to repossess property. Again, we're talking about defective and illegal financial instruments. And here's when it says a defective and illegal financial instrument cannot be used to garnish wages or assess other penalties. Does this right. implicate the Internal Revenue Service in any, to any degree? Oh, I wasn't thinking of that at all. It's student loans. You know, there's 22 states that have various uh, penalties if you fall 270 days or more behind on a student loan. And in some states, like Tennessee, if you're teaching, uh, you want to college and they can take your teaching certificate. A lot, a lot of states take your driver's license. Yeah. In you know, some places, that'll teach you. Now you can't even get to work. How are you going to get the money to pay off the bill? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they might as well take the wheels off your car and fill your gas tank full of sugar, and that'll <laughs> teach you. You know, how do I get to work? Yeah. Um, but the IRS does sometimes garnish wages and assess other penalties. And I was just curious if you thought the IRS. Uh, penalties if you're behind, does that at all reflect or have those penalties ever reflected LIBOR rates, interest on on the debt, or is that debt completely separate from LIBOR, or do you know? Uh, you know, I really don't know. That, that, that's uh -huh. a good question. Um, uh -huh. um, we just have so much to work with. Uh, just as the way things stand right now. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how they come up with interest rates and penalties and stuff like that. I, don't know. I understand that. 
Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take uh, let's let's take a break here for some commercial announcements, and when we come back, you had when we talked earlier today, you had some very interesting insight into the significance of the Chinese currency being allowed to join a basket of currencies uh, under the special drawing rights. And you had some extraordinary, the implications of allowing China to be now added to the currencies that create the special drawing rights, the SDRs. The implications are really huge. Let's talk about that when we return. Break for some commercials. I'll be back with Frank Steffen here on the American Independence Hour and our guest, Rob West, calling in from Colorado. Please stay tuned. soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Frank Stefan on the American Independence Hour, and our guest is Rob West, Senior Financial Strategist and Co-Founder of RME Advisors, Limited Liability Corporation, and also Financial Preservation Network, another limited liability corporation. You can 
reach RME Advisors at www.rmeadvisors.com. No spaces between any of the letters or words, uh, rmeadvisors.com. <clears throat> um, we, we're going to spend this next segment, at least in part, talking about the Chinese currency that may soon be included in the basket of currencies that create the SDRs or special drawing rights. And this is significant for a couple of reasons. And, Rob, why don't you first explain? Well, most people listening to this program probably suspect and may even agree that the fiat dollar is going to collapse and fail, and maybe fiat currencies in general are going to collapse and fail. If that were to happen, what would replace the fiat dollar? Would it be a gold-based currency? Or would it be a special uh, currency based on special drawing rights? Let's start with that and see if you can if you can answer sure. essentially just describe the difference between gold based and SDR and how this might work out. Sure. Just a uh, a brief on what an SDR is or special drawing rights. A lot of folks may have heard about what the IMF is, the International Monetary Fund, and it's been put together uh, over a number of decades to address these issues, just like you ask, Al. And uh, so if a particular currency has issues, uh, or if a particular country, for whatever reason, has issues, um, they can turn to the IMF to look for some relief or some loans or whatever. But the point is, all around the globe, if all the currencies, for whatever reason, have a problem, the IMF would step in and the special drawing rights would be the value of the world exchange. And if you can look at a basket and you got the U.S. dollar, the euro, Japanese yen, and the British pound, those are the four primary currencies that's now in this basket. To create the special drawing rights, and I want to understand that these special drawing rights, do they affix that a dollar is worth 1.2 euros or uh, and, and uh, I, however many, I don't know, English pounds or however you want to, however, do special drawing rights fix the currency, the relationship between the, cur the, the currencies, the value of the currencies in that basket? Well, um, if you think about it like an average of those four primary currencies and the average value, that's what the SDR would be worth that particular day. Okay, so, so this uh, SDR is changing on a daily basis. It's not as if they meet once a year and they say, okay, for the rest of this year, here the dollar is going to be worth this much in relationship to the euro, in relationship to the pound, in relationship to the yen. They don't fix it a year at a time or a week at a time, or this is a daily fluctuation. Well, let me explain that. The IMF right now, um, typically between May and October, they assess the values of the currencies that's in that basket. And... But on the other hand, if you look at the Forex, the foreign exchange of currencies, you know, it trades like, I don't know, 22 hours a day. And so 
euro goes up, dollar goes down. The yen does this, euro does that. I mean, that happens very quickly. So the, the relationship between the currencies is not to be confused with the SDR. Okay. Now, it is on a snapshot basis, but the currency values can move uh, on a moment's notice. And the SDR is typically, that, that, that's not what that basket or that index is used for. Okay. So, but it's the backup of common sense, let's say, if these currencies really go awry. And it happened about 33 years ago. There was a huge adjustment in the currency values. Now, no need to go back and talk about the Bretton Woods Accord and all that stuff for patching up World War II, and I had to choose a currency to be dominant, and it ended up being the U.S. dollar. And so around the world, there was different countries that needed patched up. So what could we have a relative value in one country to another for other countries to help each other because their currencies were could be so far off, the relative value was to be pegged to the U.S. dollar. Now, January 15th in Switzerland, the Swiss franc was unpegged to a dollar, and it floated on its own. In, in a matter of hours, the Swiss franc rose as much as 40%. That was good for some people, and that was really bad for some people, because some of the people that were renting uh, and based on on francs, some of their rents went up 30, 40 percent because of the immediate reaction in the marketplace to unpegging this this franc to the U.S. dollar and other currencies. What I suspect is happening now is. In the last five years, the growth of China has been so astounding that I believe that they're going to be invited into this basket, which they are not right now. With the renewed there, the yuan, as most people call it, Y-U-A-N. And if they're invited in, which is more than likely because, you know, how the Chinese economy is outpacing the United States and everything, when that comes in, and if you look at a graph... And right now, there's about 42% dollar, U.S. dollar, about 37% euro, about 9% Japanese yen, and about 11% British pound. And Australia is in there, but a much smaller mix and a couple other countries, including Switzerland. But suffice it to say, if you need a world reserve currency to settle international trade, and everybody is heaped up in dollars, which they are, and the yen comes in, and they got a much stronger economy. There's going to be an immediate shift out of the dollar and into the yen. And when that happens, you'll find you'll find prices at Walmart double in the United States because it'll have that impact. No one wants the dollar, so it's just supply and demand. So what you're saying is that if China is included in the basket of currencies that are the foundation for the special drawing rights which is at least a competitor in the event that the fiat currency system collapses or at least the fiat dollar collapses, the special drawing rights becomes an alternative currency. If the dollar is no longer the petrodollar, it, it, it loses its value. Uh, people sit back and they're, they're, they're trying to use some sort of special drawing rights as a currency. This is hard to say and hard to understand both um, what you're saying is that if 
the yuan, the Chinese yuan, is added to that basket of currencies, we've only got 100% in the basket no matter what happens. If you've got four currencies, add them together, they, they divide it up and, and they, they comprise 100% of the basket. If we've got 50 currencies, they still comprise 100% of the basket. But the difference is the percentage of any given currency within that basket, if it goes from 4 to 50 or even 4 to 5, the percentage in the original 4 is going to be diminished as they share the basket with the new currency, which would be the yuan. And right. You're saying, if I understand correctly, that because the dollar would no longer be so dominant and might not be dominant at all, might be reduced from a position of dominance to uh, just another currency. But because right. of that, the value, the purchasing power of the dollar would be dramatic or might be dramatically reduced by the inclusion of the Chinese yuan. And if it were, it would mean that the prices of things in this country would increase dramatically because the dollar would be devalued and worth less. That's right. And like I said, 71 blew off the gold standard with Nixon. 99 took out the Glass-Steagall Act, and then it's just been a free printing press since then. And since 08 through now, the money supply in U.S. dollars has grown over 400%. And the global bankers see this stuff. And the United States, I mean, we've, we've been living the life of Riley, having the, the dominant reserve currency. Because all other countries, if they're going to settle international trade, if they would stick with the dominant currency being the United States, if Russia trades with China, they'd have to buy the dollar in order to settle. Well, in the last few years, they've really retract, retraced those practices, but still the dollar is dominant. And in the global banking system, they have huge amounts of U.S. dollars as the reserve settlement currency. When they see the strength of the yuan, they're going to shift out of the dollars and dump it like a hot potato. And so I, I totally expect we could see... 30 to 50 percent decline in purchasing power in the United States and around the world of the U.S. dollar because everybody's going to dump it. And do you have any do you have any insight into when this might happen? The hardest part, almost everybody can kind of agree on what's likely to happen, but almost no one understands when it's going to happen. Do you have a Do you have any reason to believe that you know when this is likely? I've been reviewing a, a pretty reliable source on the IMF website. And um, I know beginning this month, because the one almost made it the last review, but to see the growth that's happened now in China, uh, and I know some reports of some central banks have been already making the switch to the one. <clears throat> so, but between this month and According to the IMF, on or about the 11th of October, they're going to finish up their assessment as to the mix in the, ba in the basket. And probably between the 11th and the 20th of October, um, 
would be my my best target for this exchange to happen. And if you're not positioned, and if this does go this way, and, and if my research tells me what I think it does, if you're in the wrong asset classes, if you have assets, uh, you, it could be making a difference of years of being almost uh, reversed in your financial position. But if you're in investments that benefit by this switch, which to me is a very strong suit for gold and silver. By the way, the last time this major, a major situation like this, uh, silver went up about, uh, I think it was about 836%. And I think gold went up higher than that. But right now, I'm looking at a currency exchange, the live exchange rates, and $1 U.S. would buy uh, 6.20606 won. So it's about a one-to-six relationship. <clears throat> so what some of these bankers are doing, they're buying the one right now at the, at the 620 rate. And should this occur, that 620 might go to one-to-one. You see what I'm saying? There's a 500% return right there. So. And you think that this kind of change could happen as – now, if I understood what you said, you – you said that as of October 11th, they would finish their assessment on whether or not the Chinese yuan should be included in the basket of currencies that create the special comprise the special drawing rights. They complete their assessment on October 11th. How long after that before they actually implement by including the yuan? Is, is it? There's going to be another six months after that before the yuan is included in the basket, or at that moment does the yuan become included? Well, that's where I picked up the next nine days. That's why I mentioned October the 20th, because I think there's some some room in between there. But keep in mind, almost nobody knows this right now, and so it's not very well known. And that's why I'm watching the dollar-yuan relationship right now, because when I see it moving right now from one to one dollar to six point two one, if I see it one to five, I'm going to say more people are paying attention. And these are huge money center people that do this, so they're not going to be caught if they, you know, in a disadvantaged position. But what I want to tell individual people, even if you just have little bits of money and stuff like that, put it into junk silver, or buy, you know, because. Whether we got silver at around 15 an ounce or something right now? 16. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice if you were right, but you only had like 500 bucks and now it's worth, you know, 3,000? You know, I mean, it can help everybody, is what I'm saying. I but, understand. And I'm just telling you, these, if, I know how I how I make the bets here at the ranch, but this is just my research and it's just fun for me to do it and I'd be happy to share it with anybody else. Uh, on a scheduled basis, but this could make a super difference between the LIBOR problem and this currency basket changes, as I think it will. It could make the difference for a whole lot of people to be able to afford a decent retirement and not being able to afford it. On the other hand, if they're invested in something like the Dow Jones or the Standard & Poor's 500, where they have paper debt instruments denominated in dollars, and the dollar suddenly falls in terms of purchasing power, 
people that are holding these paper debt instruments are also going to, just as people holding gold and silver may be extremely pleased, the people holding paper debt instruments denominated in dollars are presumably going to be devastated. be surprised if the Dow hovered around four to 6,000 for a couple of years. You and think? It, okay. Yeah. And when it starts heading south, you know, I was a broker in Cincinnati during the crash of 87, and I had a pretty good book of business. I couldn't get a, a, trans, a wire transfer. I couldn't. Things were shut down. Things have improved since then, but I'll tell you, the problem with people not understanding the market a market maker in stocks has their own money to buy and sell, and they make the market basically in IBM stock or whatever it might be. Well, if they see so many sales coming in, they're not going to buy it at that price. They keep lowering the price. If they see way too many, they just stop trading, and that's what happened in 87. And they don't have to open up until they got a balanced market, and it could be days, could be weeks. And the balanced market means when things settle out, and usually what happens is the Federal Reserve comes in and they says, we got plenty of liquidity, don't worry about it, which means we're going to loan money to everybody and, you know, quantitative easing basically is what that is. So, but the market makers don't have to open that up. And pity the people that's dealing on their own accounts because they don't know how to operate a TD Ameritrade when they're shut down. And they don't know how to operate with mutual funds on an 800 number because they ain't going to answer your call. <laughs> so I am in no stocks right now. If I was going to be in any stocks, it would be in uh, mining companies. But I just am not, I'm just not comfortable with that total manipulation. And, you know, having five decades in this realm of things, I, I just, I just don't feel comfortable with it myself. So, but... There are other things I think that's going to do just very, very well, and I can talk about them just because of what I'm doing, but I'm not a licensed CFP anymore or registered investment advisor anymore, so you really can't get advice, and I wouldn't. But uh, we've we got some problems to deal with this year, really we do, and uh, I'm just really glad for your program and you and uh, <coughs> your uh, emphasis on wanting to help people and you and John and, and you and Melody and uh, with Carlos and I and Sherry um, we're just really trying to reach out a couple of weeks ago I gave a talk at Denver University in grad school and uh, some law students and that and I was really surprised at that age group relative to mine in my mid-60s and uh their understanding of the marketplace. A few of the guys, top of their class, graduating in June, getting out with huge construction management jobs in real estate and that. They didn't want to, they didn't want to hear what I was talking about. Because see, I'm talking about the banking system. <laughs> they they got hired in to be paid big money to develop large projects which requires financing, which means I'm telling them that there's problems there. And and I understand that completely. But yeah, I just want to share what I have researched and encourage other people to share with me. And by gosh, I hope I'm wrong, but I really, I would not bet against me if I was a betting man, um, because everyone understands so that the system is f fragile. Yeah, uh, it's it's just 
there are so many things that appear to be wrong. And not just wrong where this is annoying, but wrong yeah. where it could be devastating. It's, yeah. it's very difficult to imagine how they're going to sustain this system for much longer. Um, it's hard to do. It's, it's hard to look at it and say, oh, yeah, this is we'll have the same system five years from now or ten years from now. Pretty hard to imagine. Something's well, going to intrude, in that, and it's going to be a painful experience for most people. Yeah, and some bigger names than than me for sure, like David Stockton and Dr. Paul Craig Roberts and um, Bill Fleckenstein and, and other people like that. This is right in their wheelhouse as well. Yeah. And uh, but you know, here they in also agree, or at least they they speculate that sometime this fall, late third, early fourth quarter, we're liable to see some serious problems. I know. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it certainly gives us reason to think about it. And you're talking, for example, one of the things you were saying is that if the Chinese yuan is added to the SDRs, you think that the purchasing power of the dollar could fall by 30 to 50 percent. The impact of that would be chaos in this country, almost certainly. The price of standard of living for everyone would drop dramatically. It would cost you so much money for food you couldn't afford gasoline. All right, or you know, vice versa. If you want, make your choice. Do you want gasoline to get to work, or do you want food when you come home from work? Because you can't have both. Um, I, I was going there. I had a, I had a point that escapes me now. <clears throat> but the the if if we have the kind of problem where the dollar is devalued as much as you think it might happen will the dollar survive but just oh, yeah. at a lower value or oh, will yeah. it or will it collapse and disappear as if we were going into hyperinflation um i really don't see that actually um you know I, i'm just saying it's going to be a huge adjustment and uh so, but now I don't think we're, but it's going to be such a huge adjustment. I mean, so many people now, it's operating on, you know, 75% of people. I mean, the amount of people on food stamps doubled since Obama's been in office. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are just food, you know, food and rent and kids' school and this and that. I mean, they're hand to mouth, you know. So I, I think what a real problem before it settles out to some some normalcy could be a few years of really having to you know, guard have a pretty good guard on on where you park and who knows what food you have and you know just stuff like that. It's really kind of scary. Well, but, this uh, is this is where I was going to escape escape my mind for a minute. Assuming that your timing is roughly correct, and the, assuming that the the Chinese yuan is added to SDRs, assuming it has the effect of causing the dollar purchasing power to fall by 30 to perhaps 50%, then we have a few months to get the most bang for the dollar we possibly can and buy whatever it is we think we're going to need to survive. For example, what we're talking about if you wanted to get emergency food right now, or you want to get a, 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 a jar of gold coins, the price is going to double 
If your analysis is correct, or at least it may double. You live in a pick and choose world. That's right. That's right. Meaning I mean, time to act is now. Yes. It's, uh, actually, I've been somewhat of a prepper for a long time in that regard, doing that kind of stuff. But no, I had a whole lot of people that had not, and there's just a lot of people that think, well, somebody else will take care of it. More people are interested in how Peyton Manning's going to play here in Denver and, you know, stuff like that. So it's it's just human nature is really, uh, there's a thing called the normalcy bias, you know. And uh, a great example of that is what happened to, in the early 30s, all the Jews, particularly the wealthy ones, decided to stay in Germany because it just isn't normal to expect somebody to do that to me and my family. Well, guess what they did? And uh, so, you know, you can't wait till that, I mean, use that as a, as a guideline and just, you know, I mean. And you have to do what you wrong. can to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, and particularly if you're doing some common sense things and just cutting back a little bit and, you know, beefing up some food storage and, you know, a plan to get out of a metropolitan area on an emergency basis and letting to know when you're, your kids at school and your wife's at work and if there's an emergency that comes up all of a sudden where would you meet what would you do don't count on your cell phone it might not be working because yeah. of whatever reason you know stuff like don't that. count on your kids cell phone all right <laughs> how are you going to locate your children yeah um to some degree people count on that cell phone to find not just to make calls but to locate and maybe that's not going to be it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.